arm there, Bobby. Is that a muscle? No, that's a lump from when I got hit by a football. You know, Dad, the kids playing soccer don't have any lumps or bruises, and Coach Lucas gives them oranges at halftime. Bobby, I didn't think I'd ever need to tell you this, but I would be a bad parent if I didn't. Soccer was invented by European ladies to keep them busy while their husbands did the cooking. Why do you have to hate what you don't understand? I don't hate you, Bobby. I meant soccer. Oh, oh yeah, I hate soccer, yes. Well, sit, children. Let me give you the subject of the day. Hey, welcome back to the Warriors FC podcast, straight from the LBC in a very dodgy, sketchy garage. Anthony, how are you doing? Yeah, we're in a garage by the 405 freeway in Long Beach. Undisclosed um, location. How, how, how'd you deal with the ground moving today? Uh, I didn't like it. I don't, I don't like earthquakes. Um, this is, so I remember the Northridge earthquake, which was like in 93, 94. I was, I don't know, maybe like, it was like 10 maybe around that age. Mm-hmm. And I remember our, our house, like our backyard got pretty fucked up. We had a small like pool. All of the cement in the slab got kind of like disheveled and fucked up. Um, our front yard got like massive cracks in it all over the place. It was pretty intense. And I remember like we had these, I had like all my little soccer trophies in this like cabinet. They all fell out. It was scary. It was pretty scary. I, I remember that was like one of the most intense things. I remember that earthquake I, and I just being a little little kid and just being up in the middle of the night and being like, what happened? I didn't remember feeling it, but I just remember being up and watching the news yeah. and hearing that like, oh, there's a big earthquake. A lot of things got <laughs> fucked up. But a couple of days ago, the ground moved and everyone was like, oh, what the fuck? It's, it's been a while. We're in like earthquake country here. Yeah. And it, it, it feels like we're kind of overdue for just a little bit of ground movement. Yeah. And, but this was like, uh, the one that happened a couple days ago. First of all, cheers. 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 We're recording this on a Friday night, which is interesting. Post, uh, 4th of July. We'll also talk a little bit about our 4th of July antics, but, um, yeah, the one that happened a couple days ago, it wasn't like super intense. I just remember like thinking, this is a little bit too long. Like it's going on for a bit too long right now. This mm-hmm. is starting to feel uncomfortable. And then I was like, I wonder how big it was. And I heard it was like a what was it like a six point seven, six point six or something like that. And the Northridge one was a six point seven. So I was like, fuck. But it was it. out in Death Valley, right? Yeah, but this, the the thing was like this one was pretty far out, like not near civilization. Not, not there's not too much around there. Mm-hmm. Um. But the one today felt definitely more intense. I think uh, it was obviously closer to home. Um, again, felt super long. It was a long one. It was a long I one. I was here in the garage, <laughs> and the the table we record on has, is on casters. It's on, on wheels. And I'm just like, why is the table moving away from me? <laughs> and then I'm just like, it's I'm still moving. And I'm just, oh, my God, it's another earthquake. You know, it just kind of, it just, it hit me this time. I didn't feel the one, the other one. I was kind of like, not annoyed, but we have, my roommates have these two little dogs. There's like a little Yorkie and a little like multi-poo type of dog. They made no noise. Like they were, my roommates were standing in the hallway and I was like, we look at each other like, what the fuck is going on? And the dogs were just, basically looked like they were fucking napping like there was yeah. no there was no sort of anxiety no like they're the, not primal anymore no they're not rooted no, no. with the earth they're not like. at all not at all they were just like what's up are you eating like what's going on um yeah a little little sketchy little sketchy uh one of my friends she works at 71 above in downtown los angeles 
And that's the for people that don't know, that's the tallest building in downtown LA. Second tallest. Second tallest. Second okay. tallest, technically. But it, it like to me, it's the the bank. It's the U.S. Bank Tower building. If you grew up in LA, that was always the tallest building in downtown up and until a couple years ago when the uh, Intercontinental was built. And they basically just have like or the Tokyo Air Building. Mm-hmm. They have that. They have that. What's it called? They just have like a weird like spike, which makes it taller. But. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so she was saying that a lot of people, basically half of the restaurant cleared out, ran down some small steps, 71 flights of stairs to be exact. Uh, there was a pregnant lady that was freaking out. Um, people just, some people just submitted to their death and decided to start drinking. So <laughs> like, and it, people just, that what ran out on their bill, right? You're saying? Yeah, some people just ran out on their bill. I mean, I don't know what happens in that situation. If I'm the, if I'm the manager, I mean, what can you tell people, you know? Yeah, if I they mean, think they're going to die. Per- personally, I know people that want to... Like, if I experience that earthquake, if you've ever been in a high-rise, the problem with being in a high-rise during an earthquake, which I have been, is that a lot of the, the new ones are built on rollers. And even those ones, like the, the U.S. Bank Tower building is by no means, like, super modern or new, but it's still on rollers, meaning that it has to kind of... Move with the move ground. Move with the grounds uh, to avoid, like, any sort of, like, real damage. Um, so, which is insane to me like well te- dude it's <laughs> so when you hear that you think like what like you don't think of like the logistics of like how yeah. that actually is until you're there and you realize like oh this shit moves for like yeah. two minutes after the earthquake like it yeah. still moves it sways and kind mm-hmm. of like it kind of like gets back into place and just stops but for a while you kind of feel like you're on a boat oddly enough you get a little nauseous you get sick um and then you look and you realize like oh i'm for, like Probably gonna die if anything happens. Uh, also, the elevator shut off. Like, pretty sketchy, pretty scary. So, how was your Fourth of July? Mm, I spent it uh, bartending uh, the games. He does a Fourth of July party every year. This is the second year in a row that I worked it. Um, this one was massive. It was more intense than last year's. Uh, there was it got shut down. I don't know. I want to say like around seven. It was so many. No, seven p.m. Okay. Yeah. No. There's no. No. no, It's like we started. I would say at around two. Um, Oh. Okay. So. Yeah. But it was out in the valley. So like when I looked at like I looked at the weather, I was like, oh, it's gonna be cool. But then I, you always forget like we. I don't go to the valley very often. I don't Mm -hmm. like growing up. We just never went there. That's the one place that's kind of like a no man's land for me too. Yeah. So when you you always like. If you're from LA, you kind of get it in your head like, oh, if we're going to the valley, like it's gonna be hotter, right? It's just all it kind of always mm-hmm. is. So when we were out there, it was it got fucking hot. Thankfully, I was kind of in the shade, but it was still pretty hot and it was very intense. There was a lot of people, um, a lot more than probably expected, but it was a really good time. Um, it was just lit. It was lit as fuck. It was people were getting. It's like an open bar situation, so people are just coming up, ordering, give me 10 shots, give me 15 drinks. Like, they don't give a fuck, you know, because they're not paying yeah. for it. So, um, it was a good time, man. We had some good food. Uh, yeah, the ending was a little weird, but it was fun. Good time. Um, I'm glad I made some money. Got home early. I was in bed, knocked out by like 10.30. Well done. I was dead, <laughs> like, like I'm talking like on my back, snoring type of sleep. Where it was Because it was a long day. It's very exhausting, of course. But yeah, what about yours? So, here in Long Beach, the, um, down by the coast, there's, there's already like a break wall, so there's not real waves or anything. So there's not a lot of like Movement. beach tourism. Yeah, yeah. Which is kind of to me, it's still kind of cool. It, it just gives it an interesting character to the coast. But then there's this area uh, in the peninsula around this place called Naples Island. It's like a marina, and it's like this little coastal community. And a big thing to do in Long Beach is to rent a Duffy boat. 
with your friends. What is a Duffy boat to, for the uninitiated? A Duffy boat is just like this tiny little electric golf cart almost on the water uh-huh. that you can fit like 10 of your friends on and you can drink and eat and just cruise around. Yeah. They give you the keys to it. You're never going to go fast enough to kill anything or kill yourself. <laughs> like, yeah. It's pretty almost idiot proof. Uh-huh. And we get out on the water, have a bunch of food, have a bunch of drinks. We're looking to have a great time. And as we're loading on, the the people that rent the boats to us were just kind of like, he saw that we had water guns. And very casually, he was just like, yeah, you might not want to use those because as soon as you use them, they're gonna, people are going to squirt back and it's going to get out of hand. You got to keep the boat dry. So And he said, make sure to keep the plastic windows down. And we're like, oh, okay. I'm like, we're not going to get crazy. <laughs> we're like, we're not going to get crazy. We're just maybe going to squirt a few of our friends, but we'll be fine. Yeah. Water guns, right? Water guns. <laughs> these, these tiny little Dollar Tree water pistols <laughs> yeah, that we just, yeah. you just like, oh, ha ha, I've squirted you. Yeah, big, yeah. big deal. And we like. Or you could put like beer in them or yeah. like whatever. And then our other friends that were taking off, their, their guy that put them out, out to the ocean said, listen, guys, don't trust anybody when you're out there. And they're like, what? He's <laughs> like, that's all I get. I just don't trust anyone. Be careful. And, and that we've done it before a bajillion times. Yeah. And. It was funny because we were like, oh, okay, whatever. And we get on the water and we're fine. And then we slowly get into like the marina where all the houses are. Mm-hmm. And we're like, slow down, slow down. There's these guys in the water. They're swimming. And he's like, these two grown-ass guys, like men, like maybe 60-year-old retirees. 60? 60. Okay. Like fucking retired boomers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> They're just in the water and we slow down and all of a sudden we get close and then they start nailing us with these water cannons. And all our wind, all the plastic windows are up. And then there's these kids in kayaks nailing us with water balloons. Oh, nice. And we're all like, whoa, stop, stop, stop. One of my good friends' and phone just like goes overboard. No way. We tried to fight Wait, her, back. Her, her phone her went, phone over- went okay. overboard. Yeah. I don't understand. Was she like, did she have her phone out? Or she, like- she had it like in her shirt pocket oh, that's and she was terrible. trying to close the window terrible and idea. it went out. Terrible idea. And then and that's we somewhat- tried to use the little Dollar Tree water pistols on these people. And then one of our other friends is yelling, it doesn't matter. They're already in the water. It's like, like- bringing a knife to a gunfight. That's yeah. <laughs> so finally, everyone was just like, stop, like time out, time out, time out. And like- these people just like, did And then they fuck? finally stopped and they're like, our phone, we already lost the phone. You won. Leave us, leave us alone. And these like dickheads were just like, well, the further you go in, it's just gonna get worse. Just what, so you there's know. There's just people like roaming around with. So that's the thing. That's like the tradition of the Fourth of July. July is uh, that all the fucking ocean people, all the people that have docks <laughs> and boats, like we're, just, we're it's, it's water world. Yeah. We're, 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 it's not the land anymore. <laughs> they are all just fucking with anybody, and for sure, since we're in a rental boat, yeah. that's like a giant. Oh, oh fuck, look at these, fuck with these people. Yeah, like fuck with these, these land people. These fucking <laughs> these land people. Wow. My friends. These fucking land lovers over here. My buddy was like, it was like in Star Wars. It was like the sand people. Like, <laughs> <attacked> <laughs> He's got ambushed. Yeah. That's so funny, man. And then, so the other boats, that was our story of getting annihilated. Our other friends got hit with someone with a potato gun launcher. What? And they had a sling, a giant slingshot of of, of what water the? balloons. Oh, okay, okay. And they were shooting potato guns, but like potato guns shooting potatoes, like, like basically like a pipe oh, with, yeah. a, no, with I know, a potato I know. in air, like but a, getting a shot CO2. with actual potatoes. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> and that's then, kind of yeah, that's that's a bit much. So then you're just on guard. You're like, are 
wait, those people have guns. Those people, you gotta, you're just trying to navigate and, and avoid. So you're not even like having a chill time. It's it's like 50-50 at this point. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so happy I wasn't driving the Duffy. I would have been like so anxious. Yeah, and and then we finally, we all like linked up and we connected all the Duffies together momentarily. And so it was this giant party in the middle of the marina. And we're like, oh, this is the best. We could just stay here all day. And then sure enough, the Coast Guard and jet skis like, you can't do this. <laughs> you can't do this here. And we're all, boo, no. <laughs> why? Like, why? Because there's just other boats coming through. You're oh, basically just, just cause, causing like a big obstacle for yeah, the boats sure, to get around. Sense. That makes sense. But Long Beach on, on the 4th is, is pretty sweet. It, it loads up with people. It's like you finally see everyone that lives there out and about. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like the city's like 100% alive. That's cool. And it's kind of lawless in a weird way. Like fireworks are going off. They're not supposed to be. People are drinking yeah, in the street. You know, They're every, not supposed to be, yeah, but it just you feel like there's actual freedom that day. Year, that's that does sound a bit like cliche, maybe a little bit corny, but like that's super true about the 4th of July. Uh I've never in my life actually, excuse me, one year, one year, we were at my uncle's in Omani. But for the most part, I've never not had illegal fireworks. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> never. There's never been a Fourth of July where we're like, "Cool, let's get these fucking sparklers and have a good time." No, like every year, it's like someone's we are bringing something bombing heavy. shit. Like it's getting lit. Like it's going crazy. Um, anyone that's like, there was a really cool tweet about this guy flying into LAX, and you could see like LA the way it looked when you're flying in. It looked mm-hmm. fucking nuts, man. It just looks. Every, it's just they have these videos of like time lapses and stuff like that, like drone videos, all this mm-hmm. shit. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a little interesting how that happens, but I do remember one year, it was our Tio Sergio, he mm-hmm. had, we had all, all these bottle rockets, we just got back from uh, Rosarito, so we had all mm-hmm. these illegal fireworks, all the type of shit that like shoots up into the air, Roman candles, all that shit. So my uncle had a couple of, uh, we were lighting off bottle rockets, and this one got stuck in a bottle, and it wasn't going off, it was kind of like delayed. So my uncle was ready to go like step on it, and there's... Like fire trucks would parole would like parole and like kind of cruise it to kind of like see what was going on. So whenever we'd see a fire truck, obviously be like, all right, chill out. Well, this firework we thought was dead was like it was like maybe 30, 40 seconds, mm-hmm. which is too way too long. You know, mm-hmm. usually it's t- maybe ten seconds, and then it goes off. Fire truck rolls up and then fucking poof, right in front of the fire truck. <laughs> like six firemen get out, like mob mob the house or mob the card like take everything out like kind of like almost want to go into the house and my uncle's like no you guys don't have a warrant blah 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 uh so he got he got fine he got like a little fine and uh i remember that um but and i remember a couple years ago my friends in whittier their neighbors shot a firework and it caught like there's almost like a giant like douglas fir like like picture like a classic christmas tree but like a giant one i'm talking Mm -hmm. like 30 feet like tall, like a big ass tree that people have on their front lawns and it caught fire. I mean, it caught fire. Like it looked ridiculous. So, you know, uh, fire trucks had to come. It was funny. I'll never forget it. My friend was across the street and he posted a, he just posted a, a little video of him waving the flag. He's like, America. And it's just like waving the flag. And it's like this fucking gigantic 30 foot tree on fire. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I haven't I haven't really gotten to like sit down and barbecue and experience a Fourth of July uh, in a couple of years because usually I'm working. Uh, you know, this is my second year I worked that event. Um, but I mean, I've I've had many in my life, and obviously it's a good time. Fourth of July is just. I like, remember was, another one. We were at an, another uncle's house. I think it was you and your brother. We, we were just lighting off a bunch of fireworks, and then we brought out this giant rocket, 
Otherwise, and we were all going to watch this huge rocket. Exploded. And then yeah. <laughs> I think everyone they lit it and everyone was like waiting for it to just go off. And it just exploded. It didn't shoot up in the air. It just exploded, it exploded right there in the street. like a bomb. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember like walking like towards it and like, oh, they're going to light that big ass firework. And I walked, I just felt like I got hit with like a wind. Yeah. And then the car alarms go off. All and like, then you and your brother had this like deer in the headlights look. Me like, and my brother were like the, yeah. probably like 10 feet away from it. Yeah. So it felt like, you, you felt the shock wave. Uh-huh. And then that, like, we got like, I got sprayed on my leg with shit. I was yeah. just like, whoa. Yeah. You know, and then growing up, my friends would get like M80s that would throw them in the sewer or we'd yeah. like blow up, we'd blow up watermelons. Like we would just do mm-hmm. dumbass shit basically, you know? Um, and like our overprotective ants were like, no more. No more. <laughs> no, we're done. We're yeah. done. My mom's Put a nurse. My mom's a nurse. And then my Tia Silvia, who's probably the most paranoid. Yeah, the two most. of our aunts are, big, are nurses and they've yeah. probably seen some shit. So, so they're they've like, seen no. everything. Yeah. We're not going to be a statistic. <laughs> yeah. No one's going to the hospital. I think my brother's ears were like ringing for a little bit. Like yeah. it was kind of crazy. Uh, anyway, <laughs> we are a soccer podcast. So maybe we should get into some football. Yeah, story some time's soccer. over. Story time is over. Uh, obviously for the uninitiated you can stop listening now if you don't want to hear us talk about yeah, soccer <laughs> that's funny Anthony was like dude we gotta we gotta like keep some of our friends interested that aren't into soccer um, but you know it, we are a soccer podcast yeah. that's what we do um, so getting into kind of we're just gonna do a, a quick uh, synopsis of what we're gonna talk about today Women's World Cup obviously a lot going on with that US Women's National Team making it to the final for the second year in a row second World Cup in a row? At the, what, third, right? Cause no, they, they can, lost to Japan the, the one before. But that was in the final. No, that was a semifinal. That was a semifinal? Yeah, and then Japan lost to Sweden or Germany. I think Germany beat Japan in the final. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and then um, Gold Cup, Mexico scraped by Haiti. U.S. men's national team beat Jamaica. Uh, does CONCACAF want this final to happen all the time? Of course. I think so. <laughs> Safe to say. <laughs> no. Especially if you watch that Mexico game. That shit was sus. Very sus penalty. Copa America, Argentina fail again. Ah ha ha, Messi. Ah ha ha. Ah ha ha. Peru, shock. Chile, which I think is an awesome story. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit of MLS. Uh, LAFC lose to Colorado, but then they come back and they absolutely smack Sporting Kansas City at home, send it to bed with no dinner, lights off, go to bed, good night, get out of here. Um, Zlatan helps um, the Galaxy beat Toronto. Atlanta gets smacked 5-1 by Chicago, which I think is super shocking. Also, NYCFC is kind of rolling right now, although they you know don't have a ton of wins. They uh, still only have one loss, which is kind of crazy. They're the only team in the league with one loss. We're going to get more in-depth into every sort of situation, of course, as we always do. So let's kick it off with the Women's World Cup. Anthony, thoughts so far? The So far, the knockouts have been great. And really fun mm-hmm. to watch. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it's... That, that I, I got to say that the game, the U.S. Women's National Team versus France was slightly... I expected... More. More. But those are the types of games when you get really good teams that play each other. I think of like, they kind of get very gritty and they get very mm-hmm. tight and not sometimes teams don't want to open up. There's know? like a tight game plan involved. Yeah. And unfortunately, that early goal immediately played in the U.S.'s favor into the U.S.'s game what plan. What do you mean, unfortunately? You communist? <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to see a more more of a shootout between the like two of the best teams in the world. Yeah. And I wanted to see, I, like, honestly, I wanted to see France pull the upset. 
Like what a dickhead. Uh, the the girls, dickhead. they're amazing. They're the oh, best. Post Fourth of but, July, you're but, feeling unpatriotic. What a dickhead. But it's just kind of like the the Ronda Rousey Holy Home situation. It's like, do you feel you, like you, it's? Do you feel like it's that? I, I well, like right now, I feel like the U.S. women are Ronda Rousey. I feel like I'm gonna. Like, I feel like I'm gonna take off your mask and you're gonna be Piers Morgan right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna do that. But anyway, they that played into their favor, and the U.S. just they wanted to have France have the ball. They wanted to let them possess. And I they was just, okay. Con- they they yeah. like controlled from the bottom yeah. almost. Yeah. I mean, once I think it was pretty odd to see like the the allowing like more often than not in in, in when the when the women play they play in a very aggressive style a lot mm-hmm. of long balls and you know very aggressive and, and and a lot of wing play and things like that crosses into the box take advantage of their physicality more often than not um, so I would say that them getting that early goal was weird because I saw them play a more foot-off-the-pedal type of style, which I'm not used to them playing. Mm-hmm. But with a team against like France, who is sort of used to doing it, where I think of like Barcelona. If Barcelona goes up, they're just going to rock you to bed, rock you to bed, rock you to bed, rock mm-hmm. you to bed. And I feel like that's more of like a France-type style, mm-hmm. right? More, more like possession, France and Japan. More possession-based, more you know, beautiful two touch on the ball, very quick movements laterally, and then they find an opening and boom, 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 they, they pick you apart, right? Um, so I felt like that early goal really kind of took the sails out of France, um, got one back, and then boom, you know, it was 2-1. But I just thought, I expected more from France in general. They had been surging prior to the World Cup. They'd beaten the U.S. three times in a row. Um, but also you see what happens on the biggest stage when that spotlight is on. There is always that thing. I always talk about Real Madrid in situations like this. You could be flying. You could be killing it. You could be doing mm-hmm. the most amazing things in training. Or Can you in, win when it counts? Yeah, or in those group mm-hmm. stages or in whatever. You know, let's say you have a tur- whatever tournament, little baby tournament you had here and there. But if you don't do it when the fucking world is watching, you're not elite, right? You're mm-hmm. not on that. You're not in that pantheon. So I think there was a little bit of that. You saw a little bit of France being like shook a little bit. Yeah, because like they, it's in their own home, mm-hmm. and I guess like the occasion maybe it's like shell shocked them a little bit. Like sure. they had the added pressure of like we want to we want to get this for our country and our and our people. But it's that's a big order, especially yeah. when you're playing the American women. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, so the the uh, the women's national team gets by France. Then they go on to play England. And this game, as far as you talk about, when we talk about tournaments, it's always important to kind of reference momentum and like peaking at the right time, right? Mm-hmm. So some of the teams that were shocking and that people maybe didn't really tip to do well early on, I would say number one, I would say top two would probably uh, Holland and England, right? Holland making it to the final, which is incredible. But England, I don't think was really touted as being... I mean, they're in the top four. Yeah, but were they yeah. touted as like real winners? I, I don't think anyone. I think it was, I don't. Th- I think it was. It's definitely either France or Germany, France? Uh, other than the American women. Yeah, or maybe even Sweden. I yeah. mean, Sweden almost almost made it right. Yeah. So, you know, I think. I mean, even when you talk about like history, like England has not been, has not been anything in the in the women's game mm-hmm. really. They've just kind of been there and and a lot of these U- European teams are in the last ten years. I've They've been, been built in the last ten yep, years. Yep, and we've and you've seen that, right? Mm-hmm. 
So the game against England, I was actually like, this isn't going to be that easy. This is going to be a bit more chippy and a bit more aggressive. And there was a, there was already kind of an underlying thing of like, you have Mr. Piers Morgan with all his, I, I kind of re- referenced him earlier, but uh, we'll talk about him later, of course. Um, you know, the back and forth between the media, there's always like close ties between us and England in general. Mm-hmm. You know, you go back to, you know, there's the whole tweets about, oh, you guys blew a 13 colony lead and blah, blah, blah. You go back to the World Cup in 2010 when we played them in the, we played them in the uh, group stages and Mr. Uh, Robert Green made that, uh, that howler when, mm-hmm. when Clint Dempsey kind of hit it off the, off the floor. Um, but you go back to that even, and there was always, there's always this like back and forth between us, right? Because they're essentially we're cousins or brothers mm-hmm. or whatever you want to say. So, and then of course, England has the probably biggest league in the world, arguably, yeah. arguably the best, right? Or maybe not so much anymore, but <clears throat> so you've, you kind of had this back and forth rivalry, a little bit of a kind of like rising tide in kind of like just a nice rivalry that was kind of brewing mm-hmm. that seems to be festering. And then it kind of manifested it within the game. And you saw yeah. England getting the fuck after it. Yep. And they went after them. And I mean, not for nothing, I think England deserved a little bit more out of that game. I think they, I mean, they had the opportunity to send it to overtime. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, that VAR goal, I mean, that's a little cold-blooded to call that back because no one else saw it. And like, yeah, technically they were offsides, but... Fucking VAR, man. But for me... The biggest issue with VAR, case in point in that game, is, all right, who has seniority on the field? Does Do the humans on the field, do they have the call? <laughs> so, or is it Big dude, Brother in the office? So this is, you know, what's, been, is this is what's funny to me now. Okay, so like, and I feel like we're going to start getting into this realm. We've been going back in our group chat with our cousins, and we've been watching these robots do like insane things, mm-hmm. right? Chris Delia does this skit where you see a robot; he's yeah. like running and he does a backflip, and he's like, "Oh, we're gonna die!" Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, the robots are taking over. Yeah. And then you see this robot with the bowling pin. Remember yeah. we saw that guy? Mm-hmm. And then the other robot that's like he hits like six home runs like into oh, a yeah. hole or something <laughs> yeah. like that. And we, I was like, "Cool, we're definitely gonna die within the yeah. next five years. Like robots are gonna take over." I feel like there's gonna be like some weird like robot genius that is gonna like i sound like a weird conspiracy theorist like i'm i know i sound like weird and like but i feel like we're just fucking it up too much dude like var is is it was put in place to minimize human error Mm -hmm. but the problem is like we we as we as like spectators see this and we're like oh that's a foul Mm -hmm. clear foul we saw the replay four times it's a foul Mm mm-hmm it seems like unanimously. We'll say like 90% of people say this is a foul. Mm-hmm. But then part of that 10%, or we'll say even less, part of that 5%, whatever, are the refs and the guys making that that example, right? Mm-hmm. Or making that decision. Yeah. And you're like, how did they get this wrong? And overwhelmingly, everyone is like, yo, that's a foul, that's a foul, that's a foul, that's a foul, that's a foul. whatever, mm-hmm. right? How does that happen? <laughs> how does that happen? That's humans. <laughs> so yeah. at the end of the day, if you're not going to... Take your ability to look at replays over and over and over from all these fucking angles. Have four refs on the field. Mm -hmm. Have all this within your means to make that decision, and you're still gonna fuck it up. What are we doing? Like, what is the point of it? Yeah. Right. We're just like sitting there adding another eight minutes to fucking injury time. Yep. And we're not we're not doing shit. Like it's and it's outrageous, and that's why people get frustrated by it. You know, and it's just I don't know, man. Something needs to happen. It's, I think it's robots, but whatever. Maybe that's just me. As I crack this other beer open. 
Yeah, when getting frustrated talking about <laughs> when it's just that razor thin and you call it back, it's like let the fi- the call in the field stand. The, the linesman didn't see it. The referee didn't see it. If it was blatant, if it, all of a sudden it's like, yo, they should have saw that, then you call it back. Of course. But when it's like that razor thin, you're like, you know, let the ruling on the field yeah, stand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it just it kind of like put a weird spin on the game. But then that build up play that led to the P- the PK that could have potentially set to overtime was like beautiful. England had has like nothing to be like disappointed about. They, they really showed up and again. Pushed, like I said, like pushed I said, on the US like hard. I said before that was the prime example of when that girl was taking the the going up to step up step up to take the penalty. Same inch, I was true. like. She's not gonna make this. So many people were like, I was like she's gonna she doesn't look good. She doesn't, she look, doesn't look even Tim's like Timsy yeah. from Copa ninety. He's he's live, uh he's like not he's not live, but he's on his um on his story, right? And he's like, like, Oh, she's not gonna make it. She's not gonna he's like, Oh fuck, fuck's yeah. sake, fuck's yeah. he's like, Oh god. He's he just you could just sense his like uneasiness. Yeah. And it's so weird how like in those moments, the first thing I wanna look at is like I need to see the face of the guy taking the penalty, mm-hmm. right? Very rarely it's the goalie. You know, it's very hard to read them. Mm-hmm. They're moving awkwardly or like whatever they're doing. Um, they're just trying to get a jump on whatever. But more often than not, when you look at a guy taking the penalty, mm-hmm. like Luis Suarez in that game, I was like, he doesn't look confident. He doesn't look good. And sure enough, he missed it. Yeah. I remember going back. The first time that I really remember this shit was, uh, was uh, Baggio in 94. Oh, yeah. I was a little too young for that, I but I've seen that. the replays of I that. remember that. I was like, I remember thinking, I remember being little and looking at this and being like, he looks, he looks uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> and then he misses. And he goes way over and you just see his head go down. Boom. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, and like this fucking icon who's like one of the best strikers in the world at the time, you know. And Raquel May against Arsenal mm-hmm. in, in Villarreal. I remember that. And I, remember, I thought it was over. I was like, they got the PK. This, we're fucking done. And, and you see him square up and he's just, you just like, he doesn't look confident like you, you can kind of see see and then luckily you know layman saved and i lost my shit yeah but, i mean i remember this is before real madrid went on their terror it had been before the the decima so they didn't win for 11 years they didn't win the world cup or excuse me the, the champions league and i remember them getting playing bayern munich and it was the year that bayern played chelsea in the final it was that year i don't know was it that year I think it was maybe it was the year before that. Excuse me. Yeah, because that. No, no, it was that year. It was that year. It was definitely that year. Because the following year they played Dortmund and Dortmund beat them. Like Lewandowski had like three, go- four goals or whatever. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so <clears throat> Sergio Ramos skies yep. it, skies it, and then you saw the memes of like dudes in outer space yeah, getting hit, getting, or whatever. getting <laughs> like, hit by the ball, yeah, shit like that. But I remember him, Sergio Ramos, who's like the most confident. Uh, some people might say arrogant uh, guy on the planet. And he went up, and I looked at him. I'm like, "Oh fuck me!" Like he just didn't have that typical "I got this" type of mentality. Um, but fast forward, you know, six years or whatever, and they've they've won three titles in a row. And you see the difference. You see Alex Morgan. You see Rapino. You see all these. Even even to the the first time, or the younger players, you know, even Kristen Press. But they've had this. They have this swagger, for lack of a better term, this sort of like... They know how to get there. Yeah, They've been there. there. They're calm. They've won. Yeah, they're calm. Um, one thing I think we cannot kind of overlook is this... So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sound like a bit of a hypocrite with this, but when we talk about Alex Morgan's celebration, uh-huh. sipping tea. So 
Piers Morgan was, by the way, he's going to be the L of the week because we cannot go without, we can't go any further without kind of talking shit on this guy. No one likes that guy. <laughs> you know, I actually sadly agreed with him uh, a couple of weeks ago when the women went kind of haywire and like celebrated scoring 13 goals against oh, Thailand. Oh, at the beginning of the cup. Yeah, you know, whatever. I mean, I said my piece on that. I still feel the way I felt. Um, I thought it was a bit much. I thought it was a bit excessive. Some of the celebrations at 12 goals is like, all right, dude, chill. Like everything's, you're beating Thailand. You're beating a high school team, essentially. Mm -hmm. uh, he was vocal against that. Uh, I didn't see a problem with that. Um, but then he started like really going in on Rapino. Um, she did very well against France, obviously, and then he goes and he tweets, uh, she does this celebration where she has her arms up, and she says, tonight her cocky little arms stay down. This is, I'm just reading his tweets, mm -hmm. and then he adds the lionesses, which are the, you know, the, the women's national team of yep. England. Um, then after the, after the tea sip, what Alex Morgan did was sip tea after her goal against England, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of people took it in a weird way because obviously when you think of England, you think of like tea and crumpets, like the whole like classic thing. When people think of America, they think of like fat people at like McDonald's, right? That's yep. right. Supersize okay. me. Yeah, fine. When you think of Mexicans, it's tacos and fucking, you know, tequila, right? Yeah. That's just, it is what it is, right? It's one of those weird, it's one of those annoying stereotypes. Fuck it, you know? Um, it's not overly, to me, it's not like... I think people took it very aggressively and it was, it was, it was, uh, I thought it was a bit silly and I didn't see a, I didn't see a problem with it. I didn't see a problem with it either. It's like, all right, yeah. well, yeah. So you're winning. <laughs> he goes <laughs> do out, it. he goes out, he goes out and says, when we win this, I hope every one of our players feigns eating a Big Mac and large fries, which I thought was pretty funny. Yeah. And if, if I would have seen that, I would have had to laugh at it. I wouldn't have been mad. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, that's what it is. Uh, so come to find out, the celebration comes from Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner, if you don't know, Anthony's one of those w fucking weirdos that drinks milk and doesn't watch Game of Thrones. So, just to put you, Thanks, in, just to put you in his like <laughs> mental headspace. Yeah, I don't watch Game of Thrones. He's essentially a psychopath. So he <laughs> he uh, he doesn't know about Game of Thrones. Sophie Turner, is, who doesn't who people don't know, is a very pivotal, important character in the Game of Thrones series. She's the Queen of the North. Um, she's Jean Grey in the X-Men series. So she's a very famous uh, British act actress. She was actually um, she was actually on her honeymoon and with one of the Jonas Brothers, I guess, and decided to take time out of her out of her honeymoon to kind of address the situation. She gave props to Alex Morgan. Uh, she thought they did a great job. Um, and she did a little Instagram story. And I guess at the end of her Instagram stories, what she does is she does it she does this like with a sip of tea. She ends her her stories and it's like, and that's the tea. Meaning like she'll say kind of like her her little like speaker piece on something, and then drink a sip of tea and say like, and that's the tea, right? So what she did after this was kind of praise Alex Morgan, which I thought was dope as fuck. She she felt like expressed heartache and and said that it was it sucks that we didn't win, but we lost a really good team. Shout out to Alex Morgan. Um, and then she's like, thank you for thinking of me in this situation. So the sip of tea was a, a nod shout out to, to her. Sophie Turner. Not to be like, yeah. fuck you English tea drinkers. Yeah, and it was funny because like Sophie Turner, you could tell she's kind of lit. She's kind of drunk when she's doing this. And then she's like, and that's the motherfucking, and then she has like some wine. Mm -hmm. like, and that's the, the wine or something. And she takes a drink mm -hmm. of wine. So uh, yeah, there was a bit of a backlash. I thought, look, it's the World Cup. Now in this situation, 
do what you want, right? Yeah. You're about to make it to the World Cup final. Your second one in a row. You're playing a really solid team in England that you just like. I mean, it's a fucking tight game. And Pierce Morgan has been on your back the entire time. And I feel like I started to realize at this point, I'm like, they're getting scrutinized at every single level of anything they do. Mm -hmm. And that I perceive as being annoying. I feel like certain things, I get it. You can you can definitely face some criticism for certain things. And you're not without, you're not, you're not in this like untouchable sort of realm. You, you know, like I said, after that 13 mil win, those celebrations, it was a bit silly. It was a bit much for women, for a team of that stature. It, but it, this is different. It kind of just put the target on their back for the media sure. at that point. Sure. For a big I, half of the I media. Think, I think, you know, and to be fair, I think there's something to be said with that, right? Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and basically, fuck you, Piers Morgan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Take that L, sip on that tea. Goodbye. Uh, sadly, he's an Arsenal fan, isn't he? He's like the best Arsenal fan we have, you know? <laughs> No, it's like he's like universally despised, yeah. and everyone's like pretty bummed that that guy is a gooner, apparently. Yeah, he says some silly things. Um, but anyway, so moving along, Dutch women make it to the final. That I mean, it. I'm happy it wasn't against. It, it would have been kind of a, a, a bummer to see Sweden in the U.S. square off again. But I've been really happy with like the run that the Dutch is putting together. Yeah, and and, and, you for, and don't forget they're champions of Europe. Yeah, also for a team that has not been not been doing the best, you know, after that 2010 World Cup, the Dutch kind of struggled. They didn't, yeah, Belgium they didn't, took that crown on the men's side. Yeah, they didn't make the they didn't make the World Cup. Uh, they lost in the Euros. You know, all these things, right? They mm-hmm. didn't do very well. And then, although the most recent now, like with with the rise of like this this young IX team and with guys like uh, with Virgil at the back. You're starting to see. The, I feel like they're going to be a superpower once again. Yeah. But now the Dutch women have kind of. They're they're carrying a torch for that it's too. Their, it's their time. And what's it. awesome is the Dutch people are such like sporting people as a like a, like a culture. I, I always think about this, man. Like when you look at international soccer, as obviously you support your national team, right? Mm-hmm. I've always always loved not only like especially aesthetically like just those bright orange kits but mm-hmm. then the style of dutch play that like you know mm-hmm. those marauding sort of flair yeah, no nonsense almost like Freuf. arrogant type of players you know and they would right argue cards. amongst each other they would yell at each other and shit. Yeah. yeah van basten those guys were like i mean those guys were incredible and yeah. then you know you think of more modern dennis Bergkamp and, and players like mm-hmm. that um Clivert, um i mean Overmars, and you can go on and on and on right yeah and, and like the fans are great fans too they're rabid people and like they don't care men or women they just want to back yeah. the team 100 100 and i'm excited it, it'll, it'll be a good it'll i'm curious honestly i think the u.s has one hand on the cup at this point i don't think the netherlands has the depth to really compete against the u.s i think the strongest thing that the u.s has going for them is just like they have a whole bench of players that are still amazing Amazing Rap- world class players. R- Rapino didn't play in the last game. Hamstring uh, injury. Is that what it is? Yeah. Mm, I feel like they weird. have Carly Lloyd on the bench. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> yeah. like w- world player of the year. You yeah. know, it's just. It's pretty outrageous. It's so deep. And then and she goes in and she like she just plays out of her mind. And you're like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> like, what is going it's, on? It's <laughs> it's a notch above. It's gonna be a real tall order for the Netherlands to compete. And but you never know; it's final. That's true. Also, That's I will thing. say, like again, like the the women have evolved into like a more uh, physically 
sort of spearheaded type of style. A lot of aerial, a lot of free, uh, free, excuse me, a lot of set pieces. Mm -hmm. um, and that's something the Dutch have excelled at immensely in the tournament. So we'll see how it goes. I'm super excited to watch it. It's going to be at 8 a.m., which is a Western time. A fucking bummer. Pacific time. Yeah. So as we transition into the uh, Gold Cup, which has been... I mean, probably one of the most competitive Gold Cups in my life. I don't remember. Seeing Haiti make a run. Haiti and, <laughs> and Curacao. And, you know, it's some of the heavy hitters like Costa Rica just completely didn't show up. Mm -hmm. Jamaica was very blasé. Um, but as we transferred, there was Grant Wall did this piece where he talked to, I believe, the president of CONCACAF and kind of drilled him about scheduling the final during this on the same day of the Women's World Cup final. Um, consequently, or coincidentally, the... Uh, Copa America final is also on Sunday. So we have three finals in one day. Uh, do you see an issue with it being scheduled on the same day? I could, maybe because it's yes and no. I mean... Like, would we care? You know what I, you know what I think Grant Wall cares? It's because... And, and people are going to care in general. I feel like some people might feel like it's slightly disrespectful to take any sort of shine away from the women's game. Like they should have their own day. Yeah. Now, would Grant Wall care if it was Mexico versus Costa Rica in the Gold Cup versus you're talking about two different... Because he didn't mention Copa America at all. Mm -hmm. Also, the games are not happening at the same time. One's at eight, one's at one, and then I think the other one is at... It's later on. I think it's like in the evening. For me, it's like... That makes it a nice top to bottom day of watching soccer that sounds i mean that sounds fucking amazing like for me it's, i'm like uh, yeah for me i'm like my sunday is set yeah. <laughs> that's what i'm doing all fucking day it's like from breakfast to lunch and what time's the copa america final i want to say like like six or five thirty five maybe uh I'll, I'll double check right now but i love that the games have been going on at five thirty. it doesn't it doesn't really i don't know personally it doesn't bother me that much i think it only matters because there's two of the same national teams playing on the same day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's, that's, that's my only situation. So, oh, here it is. So the women play at 8 a.m. on Sunday. U.S., Mexico, or Brazil, Peru at 1, and then U.S., okay. Mexico at 6. It's a fucking lit-ass, beautiful Sunday. Get the beers going. Get, get some food out. Exactly. And just exactly. watch football all day. Uh, so do you see an issue with it? Do you care? Honestly, I mean the fact that I just get to watch soccer all day on Sunday. It's like <laughs> it's not an issue for me. And he's like, <laughs> I'm not really tripping on anything. Yeah, <laughs> like my day is set. Um, I personally don't see the biggest. I don't see a big problem with it. Um, maybe it, it makes a difference in terms of like ad revenue or something or shit like that or just I, who I, knows. If they were at the same, if it was at the same time, then I would probably care more. It's staggered. Like, it's staggered. Yeah. I mean, it's literally 8 a.m. and then 6 and mm -hmm. then six p.m., like several hours later. And in between that, you're watching Brazil, Peru, which mm -hmm. we are. So, I don't know. It doesn't bother me that much. Uh, but that's, neither, that's, I mean, maybe for some people it might. I don't think it takes away from the women winning or the men winning. I, I think it would be beautiful for them to win on the same day. Proper celebration with everybody and just have a good time. I don't think there's any issue or problem with that. Yeah. Um, cool. So, let's get into the Gold Cup. Uh, let's talk... U.S. men's national team. Um, I don't know. I don't know what how to feel about them right now. <laughs> I honestly, I haven't even been watching. I've been watching. And <laughs> I've been watching. And I'll watch the final. I've been watching, and I feel 
I feel like Greg Ber- Berhalter just like sp- spins a wheel and like, or like has a dartboard of like, has a dartboard of like, this is my lineup today. <laughs> <laughs> Closes his eyes and just fucking throws it. Um, and then he loves Giassi's artists. Uh, and then our we have Tim Ream at the back. Uh, that I I don't know. I don't understand certain things. He sits guys like Walker Zimmerman. Um, and then of course a lot of is put on the shoulders of Pulisic and guys like Wissam McKinney, which rightfully so. To me, those are the our two brightest stars, head and shoulders above everyone. Yeah. Uh, I like Boyd. Boyd is decent. Um, I th- I still think he needs to like tighten up. He dribbles into. Too many players, too many times. Uh, he needs like four or five shots to get a... I, f- I feel like he, he needs to be tightened up a bit, uh, Boyd. I think he, he's, he's very close, but I think he needs to be tightened up a bit. As far as everyone else, uh, man, I'm not really excited about what's going on uh, with this particular squad. Um, yeah, it's just been moments of like... Even in the Jamaica game, right? We get by Jamaica, and I'll be 100% honest. Those goals were not impressive. I was not excited by any of that shit. Christian Pulisic had his moments, did a couple of nice runs and turns and plays, but he gets so frustrated when you have like, uh, you know, you have your your fullbacks out of the back with no pressure, and Christian's like looking at the ball, like pointing to his feet, and then the guy just boots it forty yards to the keeper, the opposing keeper, and Pulisic. You see Christian like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? And this is. We've had these moments under Berhalter where they're exciting because we play these like little tiki taka. I don't, I don't even want to call it tiki taka. To say that is like it's a bit much, obviously. But you have moments where you possess the ball and we have nice runs of play. You have more players that are comfortable with the ball at their feet. So you, we haven't been used to this ever in American history. So we see the potential, and it gets frustrating when you don't see it like at a, at a higher level now. So you kind of get lulled and fall back into these moments where it seems like we don't care about possession. Like, and I don't, I, don't, I don't say that you need to have possession to win, right? You don't. That's obviously clear. But when you almost purposely give the ball away, when you don't need to, there's no pressure. You're completely fine. There's six of your players open within five to ten yards of you, and you decide to kick it to the opposition keeper. <laughs> what the fuck are you doing, man? What are you doing? Doing that shit, that type of like, that type of like, boot it, like that ASO fucking, just kick it. That shit like drives me fucking insane, bro. Like to the point where I don't want to watch. It drives me crazy. It drives me crazy. Um, Pulisic scored two rebounds. Let's be real. He scored two rebounds. We looked very mediocre in that game against Jamaica. We we blew out uh, Trinidad. Great, awesome. Cool. <laughs> now we face Mexico. Um, what's odd about this is Mexico is playing just as blasé and just as boring and just as they look uninspired, completely uncreative, like just not creative. They're lacking ideas. Um, and I can say this without a doubt. Like I'm not shitting on, like I'm not saying, like it's like Mexico needs to be like, I'm sure they're being looked at in their media a lot more than I am maybe aware of, but by no means is Mexico like, I'm not going into this game like Mexico's going to destroy us. I'm not thinking that at all. I'm thinking like, this is two like, whatever teams playing each other. <laughs> That's how yeah. I feel about it. That's 100%, 100% how I feel about it. Um, the Mexico game, 
it was just one of those games where you watch CONCACAF and you watch a Gold Cup, which we have seen throughout our lives, when you see a team like Mexico get a penalty when they get fouled four or five yards outside of the box. And you're like, hey, he just fell in the box. That's not a penalty. And of course, CONCACAF has no VAR. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it convenient? Although we've been shitting on it. Um, and then they get a penalty and they beat uh, Haiti in, it was the first, it was like the, it was overtime. I think it was within the first five minutes of the first overtime. But uh, really shitty to kind of deflate Haiti like that. I felt like if it would have gone into p- uh, penalties, it would have been completely uh, open and up in the air. But, you know. Overall, I've been, out of all the tournaments that have been going on, the Gold Cup has gotten the least amount of love for me. Just because, like, in that, that's the only tournament that I'm like, I'll worry about the final. Like, <laughs> I, I don't need, to, like, it's just like, I don't need to watch any of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because, like, stereotypically, like, some a jerk would say that about the women's tournament. You know what I mean? But no, I hear the, the fucking... <laughs> it's the opposite. Yeah, it's the opposite. <laughs> like, the men's North American championship is a snooze fest. And it's like, you're watching these teams that in previous years used to actually play like awesome football and right now it's just like what what is happening here? yeah i mean mexico doesn't have their strongest team i would I, I mean i don't even know what burhalter has in his head but i i thought it was really funny where giassi's artist had this he gets slotted the ball and he's completely wide open one-on-one i mean it almost looked like he tried to miss it was that fucking bad it was that bad dude and you see greg burhalter like on the sidelines he's like yeah, yeah, he's getting excited, and then he just turns his back like like he's shocked. And I'm like, dude, do you know who that is? Like, that's not, that's he's not a striker, dude. He's never been a good striker ever, ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. He's historically made fun of for having a bad first touch. Everyone knows that. Anyone with fucking eyes that has seen Justice Artis play for years, he's a nice guy, right? He's, he's done good things with the Galaxy. Good on him. Is he... Your fucking go-to striker, ever, ever, ever <laughs> in a friendly, I don't confederate, whatever the fuck you're playing. Hell no, my guy. Come on, man. Like, what is going on? Yeah. Ugh. It's just that that shit. Like, the, the his reaction almost infuriated me more. It was like, dude, you expected him to do to do something in that situation? Did you really? Like, <laughs> come on, man. Like, every time he gets on a one-on-one, it's like 50-50. It's not like a guaranteed situation. You know, like, let's be real. Let's just be honest with each other. So, I don't know, man. Like, I'm, I have this, this, I was kind of a believer in Burhalter up until this Gold Cup. And the selection has been weird, not including Josh Sargent, who's a young, up-and-coming talent, who would have benefited from this, who probably would have played away, like, half of the goals that Giardis, that Zardis had an opportunity to score. Like, it just blows my fucking mind, man. So, going into the, going to the final, uh, it's going to be weird. That is the last game of the day. Um, so, huh. I just hope it ends on a good note. Um, again, I am Mexican, half Mexican, half Salvadorian. I'm um, half Mexican, half Nicaraguan. Yeah, but I've historically never really rooted for the Mexican national team unless the U.S. was out of a tournament. Same. That's just always been my kind of MO. Uh, in the World Cup, obviously, I root for them. Same, I want them same. to do well. But when they play each other, it's always, for me, always U.S. men's national team. Uh, so we'll see how it goes. I'm not feeling overly confident about anything. I feel like... Would not be surprised if there's like a lot of yellow cards, a lot of red cards, maybe a couple of red cards, maybe. Uh, I mean, Mexico US is always a fun game to watch. Yeah, but this is a new generation yeah. coming up, up and coming. These guys haven't. This core 
hasn't played Mexico a lot. Mm. You know, when you think of like maybe Michael Bradley and Altidore, sure. Yeah. But the rest, they haven't really experienced that rivalry on a, on a big level. And let me see where they're playing. Do you know where they're playing? I think they're playing in Chicago. Ooh, that's an, a, that's an away game. And it's uh, that's a Mexican. It's like out of outside of LA. That's the second biggest Mexican population yeah, in the so, states. So yeah, that's an away game. That's an away game for sure. Soldier Field's a dope place to watch a game. I've actually been there. I've um, always wanted to go. A lot of history there in that stadium. Super nice. Super nice. Also, I would imagine it's going to be very humid. Um, it's going to be probably gross sticky. and sticky. Yeah. Should be a fun game, man. Should be interesting. I think the most depressing thing was. After watching Gold Cup games and then going to Copa America games and seeing the gap in quality, yeah. I'm just like, so let's, fuck me, dude. Like, <laughs> these people, there's such a canyon between the two confederations oh, right man. now. And it's so, like, so moving along to America, that's a great segue. That great Bra- football. That Brazil Argentina game, right? I haven't really seen too many bad games. They've all been entertaining as hell. Yeah. But Brazil Argentina was so much fun to watch. Like, I haven't seen a Brazil. I haven't seen Brazil play like that in a long time. Brazil was, I think you saw a team that is, like Brazil. I confident felt are sort of like, <laughs> are sort of like a well-oiled machine right now. They're just confident and doing well. And then Argentina is a team that is. There, I saw one of the greatest tweets I've ever seen. They're like Argentina really wasted their best players they've ever had. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. I don't know who wrote that tweet. Yeah. I just remember reading that and being yeah. like, oh my God, dude. Yeah. Facts. Like big fucking yeah. facts there. You're talking about, I mean, Di Maria in his prime, Aguero in his prime, Leo Messi in his prime, Iguain. Iguain in his prime, mm-hmm. right? And I know people like to shit on Iguain, but this guy was tearing up Serie A, mm-hmm. which is historically difficult to score in. Scoring 30 goals for Juve at the time, you know? Lighting it up with Napoli. Um, and then, I mean, just fucking insane amounts they of talent. Dybala. Dybala <laughs> yeah. is on the bench. Yeah. He doesn't even fucking play. <laughs> you know, and if you go back, I mean, oh my God, man. Like, literally wasting a, a fucking serious generation of talent. That's To me, that's down to like coaching and the organ like the the confederation well let's let's talk about this when you think of like some of the most scrutinized countries when it comes to soccer knowing mexican soccer and talking to my cousin whenever we talk to him he's like bro it's insane the reason a lot of high level the reason jonah dos santos the reason giovanni dos santos the reason bella come, came here is because they're not getting scrutinized the yeah. way they would anywhere else right yeah if they or, me, Mekis, the way they do in, in they would they're under the microscope everyone's in your business yeah, you everyone can't go anywhere yeah. people are probably yeah. gonna break into your house do yeah. weird shit you know shit like that so so here they can make some money and yeah. then be anonymous be for normal the most part. Yeah. be normal like i've seen I, I i've told you i've seen i've been out and seen them out drinking having a good time yeah a lot of just stuff. expats from all over the world that's the one of their favorite things about coming to the states is like oh no one gives a shit who i am here yeah yeah um so that's that's a that's a that's kind of a weird thing i would say argentina is another country where it's psychotic mm-hmm. psychotic levels england of course i think a lot of like superpower you know, I, I don't know too much about... I think like, if your country's won a World Cup, they're bonkers. Yeah, of course. About their, their of, football. Of course. You know, I would say so without a doubt. So I think the level of scrutiny has a lot to do with it in that every single person within any sort of power in Argentina gets... I mean, just the immense amount of pressure I can only imagine is, is crazy. It's insane. It has to be, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can only imagine. 
So when you look at that also, what's happening with sponsorship, what's happening with money, how is that getting, how's that, you know, for a year, a couple of years ago when Mexico almost didn't make the World Cup, there was talks of the sponsors within the national team basically creating the starting lineup. This guy has to play. This guy has to oh, play. Oh, wow. X, Y, Z. Carlos Vela, fuck the, you know, he would say, fuck the national team, I'm not playing. You know what I mean? Things like that. He didn't play in a World Cup, mm-hmm. Carlos Vela. I mean, that's he, wh- there was beef between him and the Confederation. Think about how fucking good he is right now. Think about yeah. Carlos Vela, how good he is right now. If Carlos Vela was playing for Mexico, they probably would have destroyed everybody in the Gold Cup. Yeah. Everybody. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a fan of LAFC. I'm saying that because he has 17 goals in the league right now. Yeah. 17, dog. 17. There's still like almost half of the, le- half of the season left. That's pretty crazy for And that's MLS. what happens when you have a player that still is in his prime in a weird way. Yeah. He, like, he could still be playing in Europe easily. Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, uh, you know, the, the Argentina-Brazil game was a team playing. I also think that you saw Brazil. I can't imagine if Brazil had Neymar, by the way. But if they did, whoa. Um, a Brazil playing their beautiful Jogo Bonito type of style, but still ha- now having so that, much swagger. Having that that back line that really has that bite. You saw Danny Alves shaking yeah. dudes. Like I was like, oh my God. I hate yeah. Danny Alves. But I was like, dude, you're embarrassing them. Stop it. You're 36 years old. Go home. Stop. You're, you're embarrassing them. Leave them alone. They're children. <laughs> they have families. <laughs> it's just like embarrassing. It was crazy what these guys But Argentina doing. didn't even play that bad. I mean, they had their chances. They had their opportunities. Argentina, the after a, a while, times. started to try to make it ugly. Yeah. And rightfully so. That's what I would do against yeah. a team like Brazil. I would get them flustered. I would get in their face. But you saw Brazil, like in certain moments, you know, Firmino and, and uh, uh, Gabriel Jesus, were, I mean, they were playing fucking lights out. Coutinho was, was playing lights out. so much out. fun to watch. Yeah. It yeah. was so much fun. Yeah, to watch. and then you see like U.S. Jamaica, and you're like, ah. yeah. I'm like, don't waste my time. Then <laughs> <laughs> uh, you see like Tim Ream like fucking booting at forty. It's like you go from nobody. a craft t- cocktail to like, uh, here's a natty light. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's good, right? I'm like, ah, it's great. I love it. Yeah, it'll I get you alcohol. drunk. It'll get you drunk, but yeah. <laughs> shit. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side of things, so that to me, like, I was very excited to see that match. Seeing those two teams classically, I mean, you think of, you go back into the years and you, th- you think of, like, Raquelme going out, Rivaldo, and, you know, you go back. It's just, those games were just historically incredible, incredible games. Mm-hmm. Right? In the Copa America setting, always fucking lit. The crowd sounded out of control. You could tell they were on one. Um, and I don't think there's a bigger, I would, I would, I don't know if there's a bigger international rivalry than I that. I think one. it's one of the few that are still pretty that pop off. I for some reason I feel like a lot of like the historically big ones in Europe have like died down because they're more or less they've all played in different leagues together and it's more neutral, but it's still fiery between uh Argentina and Brazil and then it's always fiery between US and Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, you know I'm I'm, I'm struggling to look at Europe. Maybe you think of like England, Scotland. No, but it, the problem no, is England, Germany. That's England, it. Germany. Yeah. yeah, but then you think of I mean Germany always plays well, but mm. when you think of like let's say England, Scotland, the problem is that the British have or the English, excuse me, have such a more evolved, better Yeah, league, it's like you know, one, so one-sided. Yeah, there's not many Scottish players playing on the super highest level, so it's a little bit, uh, you know, not balanced. But uh, looking elsewhere, something I didn't expect to happen for sure was uh, Peru beating Chile. 
that was that was that was pretty cool because one of my good buddies he's Peruvian and he was telling me like oh I'm really excited for this match there's a lot of bad blood historically yeah, he's from Peru shout out my boy Between- Bruce who's a big Peru fan uh, he's Peruvian um, and during the World Cup he was obviously very excited because it was, it was the first time Peru had made the World Cup in a long time so I'm hoping he's uh, excited for uh, Sunday but yeah go ahead yeah I, I didn't expect Chile to get I honestly didn't expect him to get past Uruguay. Oh, that was a weird game, yeah. too. Yeah, and so when they lined up against Peru, I thought they had enough firepower to get past them, but Peru showed up. Oh, they did. Oh, they, they did. Mr. Luis Suarez missing a PK, Yeah, which uh, he started to cry after, and if someone could bottle up his tears so I can eject them into Suarez's my Suarez's tears? I want to get that in a syringe. Give me Luis Suarez's tears in a syringe, <laughs> and I just want to inject it into my jugular and smile. That was fucking hilarious. There's this beautiful photo at the end of uh, the uh, Clásico this season, uh, Reguillon, who just got loaned out to Sevilla, shouts out. Um, he's a very, I mean, he's an amazing up-and-coming talent. Spanish, uh, kind of taking over Marcelo's spot, but, I mean, fucking amazing player. Uh, it's his first Clásico. He played his ass off, and they lose to Barcelona, and he's crying, and Luis Suarez is literally walking by him, laughing at him, pointing and laughing. <laughs> I don't know. I think Busquets and Luis Suarez are like my two players that I hate the most. In Those are your two least favorite. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. I I love. I don't know if there's another. Maybe no, Luis Suarez. No, no. It's it's Busquets and Luis Suarez. For sure. I I've always been kind of neutral on him because he's Luis just. Suarez? Well, like I mean, it's because you never. Like, he's never been on. A, he's, he's never, never been, been on a really, rivalry team. I mean, he's yours. been on Liverpool, and like, yeah. he was a problem. But there's been other players that like have pissed me off way more. But like. He's just so Whack. funny and weird and pulls <laughs> some random shit. And people talk about like fucking Kobe's relentless need to win. No, like, no, no, no. This is different. This is like this a is fucking diff- psycho. Like, I, like I'm going to bite you. I'm going to handball. I'm going to like do. I'm going to call handball on the goalie. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to tell you to call handball on the goalie. Someone that like, and I've seen interviews with him and I'm like, you seem like a normal person, but it's like definitely like. As soon as they're on the field, oh, I'm a psycho now. Yeah, 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 yeah. There is that's such an interesting thing. I, when I think of playing, like where you are mentally when you're playing in a very like important game or like an aggressive game. I never play. I obviously never played professionally, but I played in tournaments. And when we'd go deep into the tournaments, or we'd play in a final or whatever it was, there was a level of like, uh, I don't know what it is. It's just elevated sort of competitiveness. Uh, I don't know if it's testosterone. I don't know what it is, but it would get like it was like seeing red almost you weren't in your normal state of mind you were in this like i'm going into battle which sounds corny but like you're going into battle sort of mind state and i think some people just get by any means necessary yeah (laughs) but in soccer it can get weird because there's we're used to like weird sort of like cheating ways like diving and oh yeah like pulling shirts stepping on your feet yeah like i mean i've had people like i've had people like spit on me i've had people like elbow me in the face yeah elbows yeah, you get studded, you get whatever. Well, I had a, a guy like pull my balls, like yeah. Like, I've had yeah. someone try to do that to yeah, me again, and too. I was just like, "Wait, what the f- wh- what the fuck's happening that right now?" A, like I just that was whoa. The first, yeah. <laughs> it's I, a weird reality check. When I first started playing, clubs, and it's all designed just to throw you off, yeah, just to completely take you out of the yeah. moment. Yeah. yeah, it's tactics, yeah. I guess. But I remember that was one of my first like what the fuck moments was when I was like 12 years old and I made the transition from recreational soccer to club soccer. 
and I realized, oh, this is a different thing. Non-competitive to competitive. Highly competitive. <laughs> yeah. Where even at 12, you're like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, parents are calling you names and shit, like yelling at you. Parents are fighting. Uh, consequently, during this game, this kid, like we're going down the sideline and he reaches over and literally pulls my nuts. Like, r- like grab, twist, and I fucking crumble. And, like, yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, no one had ever done to me, that yeah. to me in my life. I was like, this is fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, my dad went over. Like I told him what happened. My dad in the middle of the game goes over and punches that kid's dad in the face. <laughs> inciting a full-on par- like parents brawl. Like, yeah. I remember your mom telling my mom, like, there's certain tournaments that we go to and like the, f- the parents aren't allowed to say anything. Yep. Or else, like it's like a red card or something. It's yeah, like, I mean, it's, my, it's that heated. Like I love my dad to death. He's, uh, you know, he's done everything in the world for me possible. Um, but if you know my dad, he is, uh, he has a switch where it's like I see red. He grew up in a very rough area. He grew up in a certain way where <laughs> he had to be aggressive. So uh, that's how you up, solve problems. That's how you. That's how you would solve <laughs> problems back then. <laughs> So it was funny because we'd go, like, we were in San Diego and it was always these, like, suburbia kind of, like, you know, like, white families of a certain stature. And my dad's, like, this guy that grew up, that was born in Salvador, grew up in the jungles in Boyle Heights. And he goes over and hits a dude in the face. And the guy's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> he's never experienced anything like that in his life. like, you taught him how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, my dad's like, like yeah. oh, I'm not going to say anything to the kid, but I'm going to fuck your yeah. dad up. You know what I mean? And that happened a few times throughout my playing yeah. career. <laughs> <laughs> that happened a few times. But, you know, um, yeah, it's just, you, you, I've experienced that. You know, you experience things, weird things like that. Like, And then you think about, what did Suarez do when he was, like, 13? Like, oh, my like, God. What, what was he like to play I can imagine, dude. I can talk only to ma- people who played against him at the youth level. Do like, you remember, like, a couple years ago? I think it was maybe, like, five, six years ago when Aguirre was the coach of the Mexican national team. Mm-hmm. And there was a player dribbling down the sideline, and he stuck his foot out to, like, trip him. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like, shit like that. <laughs> or was it him or was it Piojo? I feel like, I think it was Aguirre. Yeah. I think it was Aguirre. But when you think of things like that, it's like, you, you... You can't sit down like in 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 rationally and, and talk to these people at that moment. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like also when fighters get, they start talking to fighters right after a, a interviewing them right after a fight, right? Mm-hmm. They're like, dude, not only have they been like taking blows to the head, but they are literally like in a fucking war, mm-hmm. right? They're not calm down. Their adrenaline isn't low enough to where they're like settled and thinking in a calm, rational way. They just got like, this guy's trying to hurt me type of way. You know what I mean? I know fighting's a different thing, but. Yeah. It's still it's still competition, of yeah. course. But when you're when you're speaking in those sort of terms, you see how different the mind can be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that shit is funny as it hell. It goes like reptilian, uh, ape brain, real quick. Once again, if anyone has Luis Suarez tears, please reach out to me. I will. I'll give you my car. I mean, whatever you need. Um, yeah, I'll <laughs> sell you a kidney. Like I want those. I just want to drink them, sip them, inject them into my veins. I really thought they were going to make it to the final. Who do I? Yeah. Yeah, they were flying. They were flying. And I, I, I like most of the players in that team, too. I like Cavani. I um, like Godin. You know, Uruguay's always been a, a weird one for me because I felt like they were not good early on in my life. And no, they got same. really good later on. And once I started to notice when I thought of, like, really chippy, difficult sides to play when you're playing South American, when I started, when I would see, like, the occasional, like, uh, common bowl, like, uh, World Cup qualifying, I was like, there's like 87 fouls in this game. I'm like, what is going on? How do you have a game where there's like every player has yellow card? Every player. 
Every player. Like, yeah. Uruguay versus Paraguay is straight up like a fight. Yeah. Like, you're just fighting, you know? And I would always, we always, like, once the World Cup happened in 2010, I remember watching them and be like, dude, there's so many fouls. This is crazy. But then that became, like, to me, that's the quintessential Uruguay type of situation, yeah. type of play. Very, very aggressive. Yeah, of course. You got guys like Odin. I remember even back uh, further, what was his name? Blonde hair. He played at... Uh, Forlan. Forlan. No, no, no. I remember Forlani was amazing, mm-hmm. but uh, Lugano? Yeah. Okay. Lugano. Another sort of like uh, really good center back. But uh, yeah, man, I remember uh, Recoba who played for Inter back, yeah. way back in the day. But um, uh, Uruguay's always been a fun, interesting side to me in general. I just fucking cannot stand Luis Suarez. I think he's brilliant uh, as far as a player. I think he's obviously really good, but fuck him. He had the L last week. He took another L this week, and I'm very, very happy. <laughs> he's gone now. He won't, he won't be winning any titles with Uruguay this year. Good. Good. But then it was Chile against Peru. Chile and Peru. Um, Shouts out to Peru, man. Um, as far as like the World Cup, I remember how well they were represented. I remember how well they played. They were probably the most one of the most unlucky sides. Not I to forgot do about that. Remember? I forgot about that. That they had such a good showing. They and was here. Peru. I am thinking they're like, oh, what the hell? Where did this team come from? They, yeah, they, they're kind of like on a good run right now. There was Peru. There was. Um, like during the World Cup, there was Peru. I believe like uh, Tunisia did very well. Um, Iran showed very well, but they just didn't make it out of the group. Remember, it was very unfortunate. Um, but Peru is a side that like I feel like they're well represented. They have good fans. They're exciting to watch. I'm definitely rooting for them. Yeah. On Sunday, I think it would be fucking awesome if they won it. I don't think they will. I think Brazil's like. I think Brazil's one of the best national teams in the world right now. Yeah, I, yeah. Similar to the women's championship, the women's World Cup. I think Brazil has like one hand on the title right now. Uh, yeah. I think it's like Peru agree. can make it difficult, but it's definitely that that's the that's the team right now. And it's wild that they're doing it right now. With I mean, it's not wild because of how crazy deep they they typically always are. Mm-hmm. But they're doing it without Neymar right now, which I think is even more so. Uh, one last thing I want to kind of get off before we talk about we finish uh, Copa America. Mr. Lionel Messi. Um, obviously, I'm a Messi hater. I'm a big Real Madrid fan. Messi has been ruining my life for a long time now. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm not... I've seen him play live. Um, he's, a, he's an amazing... One of the best players ever, without a doubt. You can't deny that. I will always say that. Um, I think he gets more credit than he deserves in terms of overall because he hasn't historically done all those things that he does with Barcelona. He doesn't do those things with Argentina. In your head, in your mind, do you think he can be talked about with... Because in my eyes, like it's hard to... He, he has no international accolades. Yeah. See, like before, before the modern era, before there was so many games every season, before like it was a thing to play like... It, before the before other leagues were so accessible, that's mm-hmm. what's happening. That's what people kind of forget, right? Even when we were growing up, La Liga, Bundesliga, even the EPL on some levels wasn't ex- as accessible as it is now, man. No, like, no, not no, even no, fucking no. close. No, like so it's so accessible. We're yeah. watching these guys so much more mm-hmm. on a world level than players like Pele and and Maradona, who always get talked about. Mm-hmm. Even players like Phenomenal Ronaldo. If you go back and just look at his highlights. He looked like a fucking superhuman playing mm-hmm. against like regular people, like mortals. And I don't mean like, I don't mean like when Messi cuts it through six players. I'm talking about like explosive speed, mm-hmm. scoring from you know explosive speed. There's a one on one. He hits it from fucking forty yards out, yeah. and the goal he's just standing there stuck, you know, at Old Trafford. 
you know. Yeah, that, I mean, he's the archetype for Messi and Cristiano. I think he's. I think he's them, he's them one. He's like my he, favorite striker of all time. He saw that like they don't exist without him existing first. But also, there, there needs to be something said where you think of watching Lionel Messi day in day out, which we can now. Mm-hmm. This has been this has been readily available to us for over ten years. Mm-hmm. However, 15, 20 years ago, that wasn't the case. Yeah, you couldn't see Ronaldo play that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, phenomenal Ronaldo, right? Mm-hmm. You couldn't see Rivaldo play that much. You couldn't see Riquelme play that much. You couldn't see these guys, even Ronaldinho, in the beginning of his career. You couldn't see him play that much. In, in the States. He was playing yeah. at PSG. No one, I mean, no one even watched the French League up until like fucking, yeah. si- maybe five, six State, years ago. Stateside. Stateside, right? So there's all this talk about Messi, Messi. Sure, I get it. It's because you get to see him so mm-hmm. much. Go look at, go back and look at these highlights of these fucking players, man. Yeah. It will change your, your outlook on things. I there's promise you. so much that's happened in the past that like, that that's, that's there. That yeah. Yeah. All these like, gems and archetypes that like you know, this you is why like, he exists even Luis Figo and you th- mm-hmm. even Henri in the beginning of his career at Arsenal yeah. there was like two or three years where Henri was untouchable yep. dude unfucking touchable in the EPL dude yeah I mean completely lights I mean, up he, um, he, to me he should have got a Ballon d'Or uh, I agree 100% yeah. who won it that year Nedved oh, there's, I mean there's another one you look and then like, I, heard, I read that it's like there was a little bit of politics going on in that maybe. and like they didn't yeah. want to give him the that nod. I mean, when you think of even when you think of those Juventus teams when they had Trezeguet, when they had Lilian mm-hmm. Thuram, when they had uh, Zidane, I believe was yeah. was he playing on that team at the time? I think that might have been his. See, last that that's our generation of football. Yeah, and like, then you think of like young that. young Zlatan at that time, mm-hmm. right? Just barely breaking into that side. Cannavaro yep. was playing on that team. Buffon in his prime. I mean, fucking that team was so good, dude. And then Pavel Nedved, you know. Yeah. What and then Zidane? Yeah. What? Get the fuck out of here, dude! That mm-hmm. team was outrageous. Outrageous! Those guys are legends, dude. Like, I mean, it's just it's just crazy to me. Like, it's not crazy to me because I understand. Like, the one thing I will say that Ronaldo and that Messi have above everyone else is that they've been doing this at this level for fucking for Ronaldo to go to Juve to for Ronaldo to go to Juve and completely. I mean, it's let's let's not really like sugarcoat it. Juventus had been doing well, but Mm -hmm. to go to Juve and score another thirty fucking goals, yeah, in a season, and you're like, what? Like what? It, it, at the age he's thirty, he's my age. He's my age. I have I walked up a couple flights of stairs carrying ice yesterday. I felt like <laughs> I was gonna fucking die. <laughs> like I was, I was like embarrassed. And but this guy's who knows what kind of like new future like medical treatments he's on that that's like not available to like general public. I mean, you, like, you even talk about like <laughs> we we talk about Ronaldo phenomenal with the the knee injuries that he had, right? Oh yeah, because yeah, he he was such if he a, didn't have that knee injury, like who knows what would have happened with his career? Because he was never the same after the first knee injury. Also, he's Brazilian, my guy. Yeah, uh, he enjoyed a drink or two, enjoyed a prostitute or two. Oh yeah, maybe enjoyed some drugs without like a party. doubt, <laughs> without a doubt, right? Um, so I I read this beautiful uh, article on Ronaldinho, and they were like Ronaldinho and Deco would show up to training drunk after a night out, oh, and yeah. I think in one of his. I believe when he went back to Brazil, or maybe it was in Mexico, I forgot which team it was, but it was in his contract that he like, was like, "Yeah, let me party." <laughs> he's got to be allowed to go out like two nights a week or something like that, right? <laughs> and when you think of the absolute brilliance when Ronaldinho was in his prime, the things that he would do, where you're just like, "Dude, he's making Sergio Ramos, Fernando Hierro, he's making anyone, Pepe, all these players, right, look like children." Yeah, and he's just laughing about he's it. He's laughing. He's one of the, like, I think, 
I haven't seen very many players since him like play with that kind of like enthusiasm and just like I'm I'm just having a good time doing this. Like he it, it being fun was like a big component of yeah, his success. Man, I don't know if there's anyone that's really like that. Yeah. I don't know I don't know I can't think of anybody to be honest. No one. I mean even ever to be honest. Yeah. Like, like I can't think of anyone that's you, you just don't see that. You don't see where he's like, oh, I'm just dancing right now. He has such a unique personality. Yeah. Fuck him too, though. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him too. Uh, so do you, in your, like, who's your top five? Who in your head is top five? Top five. But we also have to put it into, into context of our generation, yeah? And, and so I, you can't say Ronaldo and Pele because that wasn't us, right? No, no. Like, see, I hear that thrown around, but, like, I don't know that. Like, I, I see the highlights and I, I watch it and it just looks like I, I just don't identify with it at yeah. all. But, like, for me, it's definitely, like, Phenomenal Ronaldo, Zidane, Henri, uh, Ronaldinho. Um, even just, like, when you go down, like, certain highlights, like, just, like, Steve McManaman, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Figo, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Rivaldo, mm-hmm, like, dude, Rick, uh, yeah, uh, the, the, the Danish guy, um, what's his name? Uh, it's the, the Danish guy from 98. He played on Barcelona and Madrid. Oh, La- right. Oh, Ladrup, yeah, yeah. I've seen his highlights Danish. and just like, I you said yeah, Dutch, yeah. like blown away. Mm-hmm. Bergkamp. Yeah. Uh, it's just people that when you watch them play and you see what they do, yeah. you're just like, and then doing just it cut above. Like doing it like, in the Champions League, yeah. doing it in the World Cup final, doing yeah. it in Zidane, know, Zidane against dest- Brazil in Z- 2006. Zidane destroying, destroying Roberto Carlos, Fenomeno, yeah. Cafu, Rivaldo, dis- dis- destroying the. What probably ah maybe two thousand six the two thousand six performance when he had the gold boots and he just bossed that whole game from beginning to I would, end. I would, no, I was going to argue that that Brazil side was probably better than the ninety eight side, or arguably you could argue oh, okay. that. Okay. So two thousand two, you think of like Dunga, Cafu, Rivaldo, mm-hmm. phenomenal Ronaldo. Um, I mean Roberto Carlos in his prime. Uh, I mean, you could go on and on, right? Mm-hmm. Two thousand six, Kaká, Robinho. Phenomenal in his kind of like he's tailing off a bit, but he still had that like I think he had like four goals in that World Cup. Um, and then you still have like the tail end of like Dunga and those types of players, or excuse me, uh, Cafu and those types of players. I believe that might have been Cafu's last season. I believe. Oh no, maybe two thousand two was. I'm sorry, that's when they won, right? But you could argue like that run, that mm-hmm. generation of players was fucking outrageous. Robinho was supposed to be the next guy. He was playing at Madrid at the time. I mean, lights out, incredible. Kaká in his prime at AC Milan, he was playing with Shevchenko. That's another player, dude. Kaká mm-hmm. was... You would see Kaká. He's like, oh, I'm going to turn it up now. And then you would see him against like... Remember that Man U performance that he had? Mm, oh, yeah. It's one of my favorites When he made ever. Heinze and... Ferdi- was it Ferdinand? Or like uh, Sylvester? I don't know. But what? he made two Man United defenders crash into each other yeah. right before he went to a goal. Yeah. Right before he just I remember seeing that and just being like, dude. I was so hyped. fuck? Oh, of course. <laughs> I of course. was just like, fuck this team. And you think of those Milan sides, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, I know we keep going off on these crazy, crazy tangents, but... Like when you think of Zidane in the '98 World Cup, mm-hmm. destroying that single-handedly, taking yeah. over that game, and, and then, then the Euros, the Euros, Euro 2000. right? And then in 2006, really, I think 2006 was bigger because Ribéry. That's when people really got onto his name, mm-hmm. and the French side wasn't as strong as it was in '98, in my opinion. I mean, '98 team was crazy, mm-hmm. crazy good, but w- that game that you see him like Gilberto Silva is just chasing him. Mm-hmm. He's just like, I can't touch you. Ronaldinho can't even get the ball. You know, they they're they're struggling. He's on a he's just he just hit that 
that next plateau where no one could, he was unfucking touchable yeah. in that game. You know, it was unbelievable to see that that type of. Yeah, Zidane. I guess like if I had to pick a number one, he's my number one because same. He, everything he did in his career, and then the way he did it, yeah. and the way he carried his, himself as a professional, it's just it's all top shelf. Yeah, man. I mean, Zizou, when. Not only that, but did it with Real Madrid. Remember that goal against mm-hmm. well, one of the best goals ever of all time. Mm-hmm. That fucking beautiful, uh, that beautiful uh, volley against Leverkusen. I think it was the two thousand two, two thousand two. Yeah, yeah. And I like just that stoic disposition. It, it's a guy that you would see and you wouldn't really think he would be able to do what he does. Also, when you think of like when you think of like the drama of football, mm-hmm. he's experienced yeah. like his life is like. A crazy ass movie when, mm-hmm. you, when you watch it in football terms, right? Mm-hmm. The headbutt, right? Mm-hmm. And then he had his moments where he would fucking get, he would get very upset, yeah, yeah. And then now he comes back to Madrid for the second time to kind of like, oh, I'm back and I have, I have, I have some friends with me now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the things he did for Madrid, I mean, he's undefeated in Champions Leagues. Yeah. What? The legend, man. Yeah, a fucking legend. So, top five was say again. A top five, well, like, let's say, like, I'll s- I just threw out a bunch of names. It's like Bergkamp, Zidane, Henri. Who else? Who else? No, Vieira? No, n- I mean, not not in top five. Vieira's a legend. Mm. Like, I mean, he did, did a lot of amazing things, but I'm just talking about, like, people that were just, like, s- like studs, like superstars, superstars. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ronaldinho, maybe. Like, just people that I would watch play that would just, I'd be like, what the fuck? What the fuck like, did they just do? <laughs> these people are truly unique yeah, yeah. footballers. And I don't know. Like, like I'm bad at these. <laughs> so for me, Zidane, without a doubt, yeah. number one, number one period. Uh, the first time I saw, I was lucky enough to see him play live. He was an exhibition against the Galaxy. He looked like he was basically like uh, dancing and like like fucking around, dan- like like he was joking, like mm-hmm. he was joking with people. He was like, "Oh, I'm gonna do three carousels in a row," and he did that. And people like the Galaxy players were trying, bro. Yeah, they were trying, and everyone was just like, "Oh my god, what is going on?" And then of course, seeing him in the World Cup and the dominance that he had with with France for for you know two consecutive tournaments mm-hmm. and then doing what he did to Brazil in 2006 and you know the, the 2006 World Cup final is legendary of course but it was just one of those moments where you kind of lose it you kind of lose yourself and you realize oh, it was unreal it was unreal but also you're like oh this guy's actually human he's a person mm-hmm. he's always so stoic and calm but it's also in that moment it was just like we talk about those like mental flaws that people have right mm-hmm. so Zidane is my number one not only that he came back to Madrid won three fucking Champions League titles for us right and created like one of the best footballing, just probably overall the best soccer moments I've ever had in my life are because Zidane. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, Fenomeno Ronaldo. I was obsessed as a kid watching him. I just thought like, I don't understand how this guy's so fast, so technical. His shot from anywhere was deadly. It was like there was there was moments. Also, it was weird. And he would because, just drive through like seven defenders. Yeah, there was weird moments with him where you would watch him and you'd be like. What's wrong with him? He seems sick. And then all of a sudden, he's like, well, he just scored four goals. Like, what the fuck just happened? You know, what the fuck just happened? Mm -hmm. And he would, like, blow by people. It was like the most... People would, like, try to body him. Well, you know what happens with Messi a lot? He gets fouled a lot because he's Mm -hmm. smaller. Ronaldo, you would have to, like, literally, like, try to kill him. You know, like, it was that type of shit. He was on the bigger end, too, because Mm -hmm. 
uh, I think in the '90s, still, you still saw a lot of players that were like amazing world class players, and they were under six feet. Yeah, you don't see that too much now in the new. In it's the, pretty in the rare. Contemporary it's game. pretty rare. It's, it's pretty like, rare. And Messi is very like make no mistake. Messi's very powerful. He's a very strong guy. Mm-hmm. Low center of gravity, but to be able to exist and to be able to take those types of movements, and your stuff technical like, ability has to has be to off be, the charts. Super off the charts. If you're right? undersized, and yeah. that's what. So mm-hmm. this, this is like my biased top five because mm-hmm. they more often than not played with Madrid, right? Uh, number three would be Cristiano Ronaldo. Say what you will about what's going on with his personal mm-hmm. life. I don't know. That's still up in the air. Um, but Ronaldo, again, responsible for some of the the happiest soccer moments I've ever experienced. Watching him live was incredible. But not only that, watching the change in style from him being like a, uh, a sort of show pony mm-hmm. to evolving into like a complete dominating, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to smoke you off the ball. I'm going to hit a free kick from wherever the fuck I want and I'm going to dominate the game with, with pace and with uh, technical ability to becoming a poacher, scoring you know, 50 goals in a season for f- whatever, four seasons in a row, winning three cha- four Champions Leagues, winning a European Cup with Portugal, the the European and then Cup winning, for me was then, the biggest, and then winning what was it that that Nations Cup whatever they just won yeah that one, um I, it's just unbelievable it's unbelievable he, yeah that's when he for me he became the full package yeah. career wise yeah because the Euros I was like well fuck well now now he's un- it's undeniable like he won the international trophy when no one expected it no one pegged them to win it, to bring home that title and. The way they did it and the way everyone talks about it, that he was such a, a leader. He got injured. And it's a very rare game where he goes off injured in a game. It's very, very rare. So and you knew it was like serious. He had like the, the you know, the Hollywood style, like halftime talk. Like, you, you, you guys got to do this. This is our chance. Yeah. Just rally the troops. And, and I remember that's what a captain's supposed game, to do. In the game before when he's talking to John Moutinho about taking the free kick. Mm-hmm. Or oh, the penalty. Oh, yeah, yeah. Moutinho looks like, like he's going to shit his pants. Dude. And he just like calms him like, who gives a shit? Like, you miss, you miss. Whatever. Like, yeah. just do it. Dude, if Cristiano's telling me that, I'm like, yeah, dude, you want me to kill someone? Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like, you, if, if that guy's backing you, like, yeah. you gotta be, like, you gotta go, let's go. Because he didn't it. want to, and he's like, no, I want you, you gotta take one. Yeah, yeah. So number, so those are, that's my top three. Number mm-hmm. four would be, like, I feel like he gets overlooked so much, and he's always been, like, he's he's always been a little bit of a nutcase, but watching Rekelma in his prime was, like, that's holy that's shit, someone that I've always heard people talk about. Dude. Like, you you don't know, you don't know. Like this this kid is was unreal. Yeah, but dude, he went to mm-hmm. when he went to Europe. There's where did he, did he play in England? I feel like he went to play in England. It failed, and then he went to Villarreal. Am I tripping? I don't know. Let me look that up. But I know yeah. in, in in Villarreal they had a really good run in the early two thousands, and it was definitely because of him. But I really enjoyed watching him. He played on Barca. He was on he Barca did for a minute. Play on Barca. I can't believe I just said that. Yeah. God damn you. <laughs> God damn you. I liked watching him play for Argentina. I yeah. really, really did. Uh, Leo and Aymar. That, that, that's Pablo Aymar. Mess, Messi's hero. Yeah, Pablo Aymar, he played for Valencia. Again, fucking lights out. River Plate guy. River Plate guy. Um, damn, dude. That, uh, that's, that's another name. YouTube it. Aymar highlights on YouTube. And it's just like an unreal like small guy from Argentina. Yeah. He's a solid player. Back oh. two Champions League finals with like Valencia mm-hmm. on the losing side. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, those are, that's probably my like top four. And then of course, like just overall, I would say Messi has to be named in that just because, again, he's been responsible for like a lot of annoying, like I'm going to drink tonight moments, and I'm and not in a good way, but also in a way of like. Damn! What did you just do? I, it's for me. I kind of I keep that they're like in a weird class of their own at, at this level. Yeah. If you look at their their paper trail and their stats, they're they're it's just Messi and Ronaldo. It's kind of the separate entity. Else. It's like yeah. oh yeah, this was like they're like the first digital soccer players. That, that, that's always <laughs> <laughs> it's always odd when you like look at stats because mm-hmm. if, if we looked at stats, you'd be like, oh no, they're they're way different than everybody yeah. else. Like Th- those were all different. those were all analog players. Yeah, yeah. Because and and you can't compare like you can't compare them to Pele and Maradona. No. The, if you stuck them on the field in the '60s and the '70s, it it would have been lights out. It would have been ten goals in a game. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it would have been yeah, yeah. That's unreal That's because true. the level of fitness and player development that exists now versus then is crazy. Yeah. It's like you, you, these were just like, like remember that show Joes and Pros? These were just like half <laughs> yeah, a bunch yeah, of fucking yeah, Joes yeah. that are like <laughs> drinking and eating shit yeah. after the game and smoking cigarettes. Yeah, and I mean, so, not for nothing. That's not. It's so weird to me in this day and age when you see like, you'll see players out. Like my friend works in Vegas, right? I'm not gonna say his name. I don't want to get in trouble, but I just had dinner with him on Monday, last mm-hmm. Monday. So we we're, we're having dinner. We're talking. Uh, I'm doing like hosting this this event in West Hollywood uh, t- for the company that I work for. He comes down. We're sitting. We're we're chopping it up, and he had he's been hosting all these guys in Vegas. Mm-hmm. Several players, a lot of Man United players, a couple of Bayern players. I'm not going to mention them, mm-hmm. but these guys are partying. A couple of Man City players and a couple mm-hmm. of PSG players also, but partying on a level where he's like, he's like, dude, these guys really fucking party. I'm like. Man, you go back and you think of guys like Paul Gascoigne and you think of like that era. You you know, one of the things Jurgen Klopp said that I thought was brilliant when he said, he's like, it's, or like Wayne Rooney got in trouble for drunk driving or something, mm-hmm. right? Which is not good, right? That's bad. But when you think of like the golden era, like you think of guys like George Best and things like that, you think these guys came into football, right? This is why also why Messi and, and Ronaldo are, are pretty unique, right? Mm-hmm. They haven't been caught like doing weird, drunken things. Although Ronaldo is dealing with his with his potential mm-hmm. rape case, mm-hmm. right? Potential rape charge. Excuse me. I don't want to say too much. There's a lot of people saying a lot of things about that, and what people kind of lose sight of is like he hasn't been convicted of anything. And I'm not saying that that he hasn't done anything or he has, but let's wait until he gets convicted, mm-hmm. and then we can say something, right? Yeah. Because that's should be how it works, right? There's a lot of things that are going on. Innocent until proven guilty. Yeah, I mean, sure. And just like let's let's say this. I'm gonna sound like I mean, this is uh, you know what? I'm not gonna say it. There's 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 just a lot that goes on with these things, right? Mm-hmm. We've experienced in LA with guys like Kobe Bryant. We went through his shit a couple of years or you know over a decade ago now probably, but Jesus, getting old as fuck. But there's a lot going on with that. So a anyway, years ago. Yeah, I was gonna say a couple of years ago. I'm like, yeah, it's actually like 12 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, yeah, the year two thousand was nineteen years ago. But like, <laughs> typically, <laughs> fucking wow, dude. But uh, Messi and Ronaldo haven't like you know they don't have like a Vidal thing where during the Copa America he crashes Lamborghini and shit. You know what I mean? Yep. But these guys party. These guys go out. You think that these guys are not going to train their asses off for the majority of their life? 
come into tens of millions of dollars, have the world at their feet, and they're just going to sit at home and like play video games? Like, get the fuck out of here, dude. Go out and enjoy your life, dude. This is this is European not a, too. Europeans, fucking. If you've party. ever partied in London, or if you ever yeah. partied in France, or Spain, or Madrid, yeah. you understand like, oh, there's a different like level to this yeah. shit. Like, it's especially being from LA because shit closes so early. Like, you get home, and you're like, it's eight a.m. What the fuck is going on? Like, what happened? What did I even do? Mm-hmm. Shit like that. So. Yeah, that's part of their culture. That's part of their life. They just sacrifice the majority of their life to get to this place. So when people see them out and they're drinking and having a good time, fuck you. Let them enjoy mm-hmm. themselves. Like, they, they are under so much scrutiny and pressure constantly. Let them enjoy themselves. So it's always weird to me that like that's a, 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 like a, any sort of like people like frown upon that. I think that's fucking silly. It's very silly. Yeah. It's like, God forbid, these people have like a, a personal life and a personality. Yeah, and just like enjoy being a human being, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and that's like I've seen documentaries that like talk about how there's a lot of pro athletes from like the '70s and the '60s, in like in car racing, even like like people like George Best, and boxing. Just, Julio Cesar Chavez was known like, to have like like week long parties, and you that's know? like you want to see that, and they basically have sterilized it. And you get people coming into press conferences. They never say anything. That it's not down the middle. It's always very sterile. It's, it's always this very safe. Where you see soccer players, you know, when they're speaking on the bench and they're covering their mouths. Yeah, because in, in Spain, especially, because on Monday morning, they're, they're getting their fucking lip readers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there used to be this show called Lo que Lojo No Ve, mm-hmm. which means what the eye what doesn't they, see, right? See. So what they would do is they literally have like these almost like surveillance cameras. And you're seeing, like, what is Sergio Ramos saying yeah. to Pique in this moment? And he's like, fuck your mom. Yeah. You know, like, saying wild shit like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, saying just, like, the most absurd shit. But these people are, they're human beings. They're, mm-hmm. they're not, like, robots. And this, this shit is it's so funny to me that, that like... I remember seeing one when Sanchez was on Barcelona. Mm-hmm. And Pep brings him on. Oh, he doesn't yeah. stick to the game plan that he told him and he just like he sees him go off injured and Pep's just pissed. He's Fucking just, furious because yeah. he's telling him settle down. Yeah. Chill out. You don't need to go that hard yeah. or ahead or we have control of the game or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then he goes down and you see Pep like fucking lose his mind. Yeah. Right? Say what you will about Pep but did you watch that Man City do you have Amazon Prime? I do. Watch the Man City like doc, series? series? Okay. I, I've always had a distaste for Pep obviously. But that series blew my fucking mind, bro. Because you see, this guy cares so tremendously. And the way, he's, he's a proper genius. Like, he's a mm-hmm. real genius of the game. Like, there's no questioning of, mm-hmm. of that. And the way he speaks to his players is, is with so much passion and, like, real emotion on, like, a level of, like, a personal level. Mm-hmm. That's why you see, you see Man City has, they're drinking that motherfucking Kool-Aid right yeah. now. All the, all he needs is that Champions League. Because he's like the cult leader. He is. <laughs> he knows how to get everyone. Well, it's also fucking working yeah. for them, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the EPL is probably the most competitive it's been. I mean, Liverpool lost one game this season mm-hmm. and they still didn't win the title. Yeah. But watch his watch his demeanor and his, oh man, it was fucking brilliant, man. Like I was like, damn, I would love to play for him. That's yeah. how I felt. But also fuck him. <laughs> but also fuck him. It's funny because like the wars between him and Mourinho, which is like a similar tire, similar type of motivator in terms <sighs> of like getting a whole team of people to buy into a system. I wish there was and a, execute. Yeah, I wish there was a series where like Mourinho had 
like like a, a like a season like, like last year for Man United. In his last season at Man United, yeah. I wish he would have had like a documentary type of situation. And see, them. like honestly, this is this is the shit that separates me from like traditional American sports. Like I watch the NBA, I watch the NFL, baseball. And it's just like this isn't enough. Like <laughs> this, like you're not giving me enough story here. Yeah. When you see what has happened in the last twenty years of like world football, and you compare, I'm like, I see like the coach. The coaches have zero. Per- there's no personality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but it's also never. Yeah. It, it's it's also like that's why these thirty for thirty series and like ESPN are so mm-hmm. big. Because, because you it it pulls down the curtain, and so you could see what happened. From yeah, it. it becomes a fucking novella. Yeah, right. That's what we love about. Europeans. That's why we love it's about soccer. sports. It's about Period. sports in general. Is the novella? Yeah, dude. Men love that shit. Yeah. Like that's not, dude. We always there's this silly thing where we like, oh, women like to gossip. We all we're doing every day, basically on this pod, every week on this podcast is gossiping. Yeah. And most men that are listening to this, when you're in your fucking car and you're listening to your podcast, you're just listening to men talk shit and gossip. Yeah. As much as you like, want to paint it a different way, we love it. I love yeah. it. That's why we fucking pay attention to the game. I mean, it. it it, it, there's so many layers and storylines and like it's beyond oh this game is good yeah. it's so much more than that right like that's that's the characters and like mm-hmm. you know when you think of that period I remember when Mourinho came and we got Kaká we got Ronaldo we got Ozil we got all these players and I was like oh we're about to light it up and then we, we lose 5-1 to one, yeah. five to 2 and you don't <laughs> yeah and Mourinho's like pinching Villanova's yeah. uh, Tito's ear and then like R.I.P. and then like Sergio Ramos is like Pushing Iniesta and all these wild, you know, the 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 Spanish national team is basically fighting each other, you know, <laughs> and like all this weird shit is happening. And then you see a turnover, and then Madrid finally takes over, beats Barcelona, and they beat him in the in the in the uh, Copa del Rey, and Sergio Ramos drops a trophy and all this fucking nonsense. Bus. <laughs> but there's this whole like I don't know, there's this whole beauty about it. So I don't know how the fuck we got off on this tangent. I'm starting to feel a little bit drunk, but yeah, man. <laughs> Uh, last thing, let's finish up very briefly. Uh, MLS has been in full swing. Um, there's been a lot of parody. There's, it's been a bit of a shit show. You know, MLS is one of those leagues where, especially during times like this, for example, uh, the LA Galaxy didn't have Jonah Dos Santos, probably one of their most pivotal, and, and uh, Atuna, two of their mm-hmm. most pivotal players, right? So they've struggled and they've done okay, but, you know... LAFC have uh, didn't have um, Mark Anthony K, who's been pivotal in their midfield, and didn't have Tyler Miller, who's their starting goalkeeper. All right, so all across the league that happens, and like I said in the, in the past, weird situations come up where certain players, certain teams are going to do well. You take away a key part of the team, you take them away for three weeks, and then you try to insert them back. Guess what? You're not going to be on the same sort of, you know, you're not going to be team chemistry. Team not chemistry is going to be off, right? So we've seen some weird things happen. LAFC went away to Colorado, loses uh, 1-0. Colorado is one of the weakest teams in all of MLS. Um, it was a very tight, chippy game. Um, there was a rain delay. That sure certainly didn't help. But LAFC just looked a bit lackluster, looked like they weren't up for the match. Also, you're playing at altitude, and all that stuff takes place, of course. Um, then we talk about a game like Atlanta United losing 5-1 to to Chicago, which is outlandish and wild. Atlanta hasn't been the team they used to be. Um, kind of kind of a crazy situation. LAFC off the back of that uh, loss in Colorado comes back and just smacks, completely smacks 
Sporting KC. And I like being on Twitter afterwards or at halftime and hearing what opposing fans have to say about things. A lot of them what were was like, the notes? A lot of them were, we suck. <laughs> we're really bad. This is embarrassing. Um, also, there's some sort of, there's a lot of envy. There's a lot of like, LAFC is such a well put together team. A machine right now. There's like them. a well-oiled machine. Yeah, people, there's this kind of thing that like Carlos Vela is everything. Don't get me wrong, he is. But it's, Carlos Vela scored one goal in that game. So he scored, it was a brilliant goal. But, and he probably could have scored two, but he gave. What he set up. He set up Fito. And that was like, that was like, it was really beautiful to see two, my two countries of origin sort of like connect on that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was that meme of yeah. the blood in the crypts, like, you know, like ending the piece, you know, yeah. um, which made, which like made me laugh. Um, but then you see Diego Rossi go fucking bonkers. You see Ramirez with his beautiful free kick. Um, I mean, we were, it was, LAFC was just, it's scary to see a team where it isn't just like, hey, let's get this guy and try to see how it goes. You know what I mean? It's from front to back. You see a team that has been put together with some th actual like proper thought, right? Real thought in terms of like, how is he going to fit here? How is he going to fit here? Who's our back? Not only that depth, right? Mm -hmm. We made our substitutions. Look what, did you see that El Munir go? Goal? Yeah. Oh my goodness, bro. Oh my. It, not only was it like brilliant, but you saw like sporting players just straight up give up. Yeah. They were like, all right. And the goalkeeper kind of just fell to his back, like, wow. Can't believe that happened. It was the meat to the lions. <laughs> it really was. You know, I mean, and there was a last. Uh, like after that game, it's like, you know, I, I love LAFC. I, 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 I hate to be an MLS pessimist. People call me a fucking Euro snob, whatever. But crushing in the regular season, I'm like, okay, cool. Like, cool. <sighs> like, all right. It, but, but, but bigger picture, I'm like, it doesn't matter till playoffs. Like, like, smoke them. Fine. So, I, it, I'm not getting hyped. But what's getting me hyped is like seeing, I'm like, seeing this team, if they can keep this core together, I'm like, oh, we have a team that. Could potentially win the North American title. Yeah, I'm like, I want to see this team play against Liga Mekis teams in something. Play against in something that meets something. Atlas. I want to see them play against Santos. Because like, who's who's? Yeah, I just want to see them play against America. I want to. I want to see them play. You know, I would love to just. Hey, let's go to Tijuana. Let's hang out with Wero. Let's watch LAFC smash on Tijuana. Because I'm or seeing a team... Guadalajara, or let's go to wherever, you know. Mexico because City. it's like, yeah, cool, we smoke Sporting KC, but at the same time, I'm seeing a team that has potential to be the best team in North America. Yeah. And that's what gets me hyped. Yeah. I'm like, let's go to the let's, Club World Cup. Let's play Boca. Yeah. Or River or yeah. whatever. The, the And now that gets me more into the fact of, let's just merge the confederations, please. That's like the pie in the sky. The problem with that, the problem with that is that you, right now there's a gap, clearly, right? So, but do we stay in our little kiddie pool here's the and thing. pretend yes. like we, we're okay. not going to swim at the the here's, full? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Unfortunately, unfortunately, like it's good and bad that LAFC is doing so well right now, mm -hmm. right? And before them there was Atlanta, and we'll talk about before how great the Galaxy was for fucking since '96. Cool, man. But never, 
on a real level outside of MLS has anything happened. Yeah. Galaxy did it one time. Excuse me. Pardon me. Yeah, and DC United did it one time. And DC United did it one time also. But since then, what was that? I mean, it's been 19 years. I mean, I think it was like 2001 when the Galaxy did it. Yeah. That was the last time. That, last time. And that's been and the biggest in thing In those for 19 me. years, yeah. anytime we have faced Mexican opposition, what has happened? You, get, you lose. What, Atlanta lost 5-1 to Pachuca? It yeah. was a fucking shit. Sh- it was, oh my God, man. And Atlanta and just, was like crazy, like insane last year. Yeah, and then just by... Granted, there was no Almiron and, you know, whatever. You can and say just what you because they're based in Canada, there's always a free pass for TFC sure. or, or Vancouver to get in there. Sure. And more MLS teams to have a chance at winning the North American, Chan- North American Championship, the CONCACAF Champions League, whatever it gets called. And it's like... That's the goal. That's the marker. Yeah. Because who's the best on the in the confederation? Because then you get the ticket to see what it's like to play against the best team in Europe, the best teams in South America, the best teams from Africa, the best teams from well, Asia. If you remember, there was a beautiful little friendly with Dortmund versus LAFC. Mm-hmm. Right? Do you remember that game? Yeah, I, I was there. there. I was on the pitch. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Super happy. Um, they held their own. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was the, the end result was it's a draw. friendly. Granted, yeah. it was a friendly. Granted, Dortmund were in their offseason. Granted, mm-hmm. it wasn't their full, like, fledged squad, mm-hmm. but it was Pulisic. It was uh, Goethe played. You know, there was, it was a good, solid Champions League caliber European team. Mm-hmm. Sancho, those guys, right? So that was nice to see. It was a beautiful, exciting, fun game to watch, in my opinion. I thought it was great, right? So now I think. Maybe we're speaking too early, and you got me on that. The regular season is going great. My thing about the regular season that, yeah, you're right, it's super frustrating that in most countries, the, the regular season is everything, right? Mm-hmm. And hopefully soon, the, the MLS, there is a lot of parody and a lot of fun about playoffs, and I can't shit on that too much. But maybe there should be like a super cup with the regular season champ and the winner of the U S open cup. Yeah. Right. Maybe we can do something like that in, in a, most leagues. That's what mm-hmm. they do. Right. You win the Copa del Rey, you win La Liga, you play each other in, in yeah. the Spanish super cup before the next season. Right. And that people give a fuck about that. Right. People care about that. Even in European, the, the winner of champions league will play the winner of Europa league. Mm-hmm. Also, that's another thing, the European super cup. Right. That's another fucking really cool thing that happens. The winner, yep. to me, what we could do is create, on a very small level, we have we already have the CONCACAF Champions League. We have this weird tournament that sprouted out of nowhere. I don't know what the fuck it's called. I think it's a little corny. The one that just sprouted up, what is it called? Remember, there's, there's this new one that just, it's this this year that they started it. Oh, the money one? You mean the one, <laughs> the one that's Oh, just the like, one for billions of dollars. Oh, you mean the one that's just like Galaxy versus... <laughs> yeah, yeah know, like Necaxa like, or yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> like all the Liga Mekis Mekki teams. Yeah, so anyway, with that, <laughs> with that, I just feel like maybe we can do a North American Super Cup where ML, the winner of MLS plays the whatever, Glasura winner or whatever yeah. of... And like get some company to pony up a bunch of money for it so they actually have to try. I highly doubt that there will be an issue with that. You know, I highly doubt that. That, to me, would mean more than yeah. this bullshit tournament they're putting on where mm-hmm. it's going to be a bunch of like B teams playing each other. Yeah. Um, of course, to me, the big thing is, and we've talked about this, is the CONCACAF Champions League now. As Obviously, as an LAFC fan, yeah. without a doubt, that is where... We almost made history last year, right? Mm-hmm. 
faltered. It's fine. Things have gone to a different level this year. Yeah. The level of consistency in the play is clearly, not only, like I said, the consistency. Mm -hmm. Day in, day out, week in, week out, you see a high level of of soccer from this team yeah. in spite of they've had some they've had some uh players going to their national teams whatever but you see the depth now right mm -hmm. and you see the consistency and them playing super well for long periods of time right you see players emerging as elite level players atuesta mark anthony k vela diego rossi you see all these guys blessing playing out of his mind and shout out pablo cisniega oh my god bro this kid i mean He's he's the guy. He's elite. I don't think we're gonna keep him very long. He needs to be the starting goalkeeper, in my opinion. He's he's the guy. I'm I'm sold. It's already <laughs> been a couple of matches. Um, he's the guy. He's the guy, in my opinion. I mean, I have I have. Not Bye, only, Tyler. Yeah, but, <laughs> <laughs> dude. It's this been, kid. It's been real. This kid has a. This kid has something special. He's very unique. He's very unique. He's something special. I said it in that first game after the Open Cup when we beat San Jose. After that, I was like, this kid. Those saves he made, they were not normal. Mm -hmm. He held on to the ball. His distribution, the way he was calm, and then he did it again, and then he did it again, and then he did it again. Yeah. Okay, so here we are now. It's his. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but now we see that. So to, to me, the way we make our history, the way LAFC makes history is you become first. You win the supporter shield. You win the league technically, right, mm -hmm. by be, being first place over the regular season. You win the MLS Cup, you win the title, then you go and you win Gonkakov. You win it. You don't just try to compete. Yeah. No, you fucking win it. Yes. Dude. Yeah. It's been too long. It's been too fucking long for their for this dry spell for an MLS team to be the champions of North America. It's too long. It doesn't and make it, sense it when you think of when you think of like the league evolving and getting yeah. better, quote unquote, right? Yeah. we whenever we play Mexican opposition, it isn't fucking close, dude. Yeah. It isn't close. It's not. It's just not. It, there's, there's no there's no argument. We get destroyed every fucking time. And, and and again, we look at other countries and the level of scrutiny. And this is what came up when the U.S. missed the World Cup, is that the American media as a whole does not put the attention into it. Sure. Does not put, it does not scrutinize the clubs. Does not scrutinize the national team see, to that then same maybe level. Maybe it takes a team like LAFC with the support. Yeah. With someone needs to just do it with and the show eyes it. Yeah. of the world watching mm -hmm. them. And I'm not like exaggerating and saying this. Like, obviously, clearly, the world is paying attention to us. Mm -hmm. Maybe not in the biggest way ever, but and you go anywhere in the world, people ask about LAFC. It's just the truth. Yeah. My friend has. My friend was in. Ben was in uh, in South America mm -hmm. talking about LAFC with people. When I was in Guadalajara talking to English media, we were there. They're asking me constantly about LAFC. Mm -hmm. All of them. They're obsessed. My friends come down from London. Let's go. Cool. Take them to the game. They want to go see the game. They're blown away by the atmosphere. Yeah. So people are watching it. When I, when I mean all, all over the world, I mean in places where they love soccer. Yeah. They're watching us for a certain reason, right? Yeah, because they see a real soccer team. Yeah. They don't, don't see... And they see real atmosphere and yeah. they see the real the, the full package. So. Yeah. Uh, good point. I think that's a that's a really important thing to say because we're very excited. But then last season we were very excited, and then we lost to Salt Lake. In the yeah, first and, and historically, if you look at in MLS, there's been teams that destroyed the regular season that looked like studs going into playoffs, and all of a sudden they get. I think out. At Atlanta was a kind of the exception to that rule last season. Yeah, yeah they were uh, they were flying during the regular season, and mm -hmm. they they won the cup. You know, so it's like 
but then the, the big disappointment is where have they been this season? Yeah. It's like cons- being consistent. Yeah. You know, it's not just here today, gone tomorrow. Put it this way. Put it this way. Atlanta lost Almiron, and they have not been mm-hmm. the best since, right? It, and that was their Vela. That was you know, Vela. that was their, like, world-class talent. We haven't seen what it's like to play without Vela for uh, an extended period of time. Yeah. So, I don't know. I can't say without a doubt that without Vela, LAFC would be on the level they are. Probably not. Because he gets... What happens with players like him is they take so much focus and attention mm-hmm. that it becomes players, other players like Rossi getting freedom, mm-hmm. Blessing getting freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Ramirez getting freedom, which, I mean, he. there was this funny thing where Ramirez scores that goal and then he misses the sitter like he always does, right? So it would be interesting to see, I don't want to see it, but it, it would be interesting to see how LAFC would do without Vela, potentially, yeah. right? So... Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, it's, but it's, these are things to think about because yeah. he's human. Injuries happen. He's not the youngest it, yeah. guy in the world. Either. Yeah, <laughs> he gets fouled a lot. Yep. <laughs> so the last thing I was going to say about Kansas City was some of the some of the, and this has been a thing that's happened in Portland. This is a thing that's happened. Uh, I mean, just overall in general, what I've seen this season is he's been fouled so much, but also there's this notion that he dives, mm-hmm. and he's never had a history of that. He's never been. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say he has, has like a heavy reputation of that. Yeah, he's never been that guy. No more than any other player. Yeah, but also he's getting fouled a lot. Mm-hmm. So there's this kind of thing like, I wish MLS didn't want LA to win. People are saying that? Yeah. Oh my God. And that shit's corny. Get the fuck out of here with it, that. Like, I, if anything, I feel like it's the opposite. Why? why but why? Well, like, the, the, like, no, no, like, they're, I feel like certain circles is probably the higher ups because they've, they're, the organizations rattled a lot of cages and they're really putting a different dynamic on how the other teams have been run. And it's kind of like an old guard. And this is definitely a new style of sports franchise. Sure, yeah. And they're doing things a lot differently. Yeah. And they're being very successful. So I think I'm like I think it's like, well look, like let's say Colorado just beat just beat LAFC. So let's just put it in this context, right? Colorado hasn't been successful for a very long time. They're just like in the final and the second ever MLS Cup, right? Right, yeah. And that, that's it. I mean, they haven't done much in, in a very long time, right? They were, you think of like their legacy team, they were in here since 96, the Colorado Rapids, Marcelo Balboa, and all that shit, right? Also run by Stan Kroenke. Stan Kroenke. Oh. <laughs> it gives you some insight on what, what happens. <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't even going to talk about Arsenal. Yeah. <laughs> so. You know, you see a team that's just kind of being run the way they are versus a team like LAFC, right? Mm-hmm. Colorado is, I think, second to last or third to last in all of MLS, like in the entire league. Mm-hmm. Okay, and they have been for quite some time now. They just have been piss poor. So when you see a team that's just being run like on autopilot or on cruise control, and mm-hmm. you see a team that's really trying very hard on all levels. It's just a different situation. It's so polarizing, isn't it? Yeah. I know Colorado just beat LAFC. This happens. There's also a giant rain delay. There's a giant <laughs> rain delay. There's a lot that happens, right? I get it. Yeah. It's, so- it's soccer, and on any day, anyone can beat anyone. That's just how it goes. It, it's, it, it just happens. It's fine, right? It's hard to, be, to win everything, you, mm-hmm. you know? So it, I get it. It's, it's all good. But overall, when you look at the, the pedigree and you look at the, 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 the stats and what's happened, I mean, it's just a different thing. You think of teams like the New England Revolution. They just don't give a fuck. 
they did this whole save the crew situation. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say this. I hate to be a dickhead, but like their their home games look horrendous. Mm-hmm. The Houston Dynamo, their home games look horrendous. They look so fucking bad, yeah. bro. It's embarrassing to watch those games, man. It's boring as fuck. There's no atmosphere. There's so many empty seats. I, I don't understand that. Like, and, I don't and, get it. And now this, again, makes me feel like, God, I wish there was promotional relegation. They would have, those, those teams would They've have been, been, would have had to yeah. succeed or buy. Yeah. Buy. And then all of a sudden you'd see the team from Vegas. You'd see the team from Arizona. You'd see the teams from Detroit. California. Yeah, Detroit. Like, yeah. get, like, we have to do football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, differently in this country. And I mean, this is why I kind of like, I want to get the women to knocked out because we all, we have to both men and women have to fail in order to like really fix what's happening. So here, that's the know? last thing I, we were going to touch on and we'll kind of put MLS to the side, but it's going to definitely going to come back into the frame and just soccer in general in this country is the U S women's national team succeeding does a weird thing to the game overall, I think. And Anthony made this point and I never thought about it until he said this. And I was kind of like, Fuck, uh, as uneasy and as gross as it makes me feel, the women succeeding and doing well kind of just like, I want them to, don't get me wrong, I want them to win. But also what it does overall is it's like, see, see what we can do? Yeah, it, it makes, it gives this false sense that we're doing things right here. Yeah, but it's a, that's a complete fallacy. That's a complete fallacy. The women's game is structured completely different. And the, what, what, what's making them be successful, it's just a different, game that they're playing the men's team cannot play by the same formula at all it has to change we have to start playing to the global standard not the american standard this is why we're watching the men's national team in in, in cringing because we're the, we're not we have sh- a shit ton of talent but we're not grooming it properly yep and yep, this yep, yep. And Europe is the stand, the gold standard in yeah. pulling players from their country, yeah. pulling players from other countries, and getting them to the elite level. And oh, yeah. th- that's why you see in the women's game, all the European teams that didn't have any women's programs 10 years ago, all of a sudden they're right up. They shorten the that gap very quickly because of the mentality, because mm-hmm. of the FAs working together and being like, oh, this is how we've been doing things. This is how we've been elite forever yeah. and ever and ever. Let's do that. Let's just let's just apply that to the women's mm-hmm. game. This is what's going to be fucking super important. And mm-hmm. this is what we talked about prior to the, to the show is if the women win this World Cup, they're making history. They mm-hmm. won two in a row. They're the most decorated side ever in the women's game. What is going to happen after this? Yeah. If you don't make it, you know... Everyone's like, equal pay, equal pay, equal pay. Yeah, equal pay. Cool, cool. Equal pay, right? But how about we... How about equal infrastructure? How about we... Thank you. How about we let them make money beyond this Mm -hmm. in their leagues that have nothing to do with U.S. US soccer, right? Mm -hmm. How about we, I don't know, give them a fucking league where they can make a living, a proper living here at home? We love them so much, right? Why don't we make it capable for them to... And it's happened. It's failed so many times for them, right? Mm-hmm. Hasn't it? Yeah. Everyone talks about the U.S. women's national team like, oh, this is how they make the money and that's it. Are you fucking out of your mind? You imagine making money every four years? Yeah. It, it, the, what? The club level is where you make the money. Yes. Yes. That's us be real. And that's where you groom the talent. Making money every four years? Get the fuck mm-hmm. out of here. That's a joke. 
that's fucking embarrassing. And especially if we love them so much and we're everyone's pulling for them and all these all these where are all the sponsorships? Where's all the money? Where's all the infrastructure after the fucking World Cup? When these women need to make money every year. Where's that? Yeah. Why is that not happening? Right? So you're right. It is a bit of not only in overall for soccer in America, but this notion that like everyone rallies around and does these chants and we have this we have these viewing parties and there's a big American flag and yeah, 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 yeah. And then once it's over, everyone's like, Well, I'm gonna watch the World Series mm-hmm. and, and and go back to that, right? I mean if you, again, what is happening? But then overall overall you feel like it diminishes what's happening on the men's side. A it it bit. just it it gives this false, like this false sense that our structure works for some reason, when it really doesn't. You l- just look at Olympic Lyonnais yeah. and the way they treat the women's program. That case in point right there. That's why the gap's getting closed. Mm-hmm. That's what all the other teams in Europe are doing. All the other major league teams, Manchester United, Manchester City. Arsenal, yeah. Barcelona, yep. their women's be, programs be are all just going to be juiced up because yeah. they're like, they have the facilities, they have the trainers, they have the doctors, they have the scouts, and they just, oh, we'll just plug in women to it. Yep. Guess what? The U.S. is going to get blown out. It might not happen this World Cup. Well, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen in the future. It's going to happen. Here's how it's going to happen. Okay, if we do not create a proper infrastructure stateside. And we rely on all of our, which, you know, maybe they all will play in Europe for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. But what's happening is they're going to be groomed. There's going to be young women groomed at all these places in Spain, in Italy, in France, Mm -hmm. in Sweden, in Germany. It's already happening. But it's going to keep happening more Mm -hmm. and more and more and more. They're going to apply that infrastructure that they've had for, you know, whatever, decades Mm -hmm. to the women's culture. And it's going to be... They're going to be able to make millions. They're yeah. going to get sponsored. They also pay them a, a, lot, a lot better. A lot better, right? Yeah. <laughs> so they're going to, in 10 years, if you think that we're going to keep up with them, let's be honest. It's not going to be no, the same. No, it's not going to happen. It's not going to be the same. And I agree with that. I agree with that. Also, like, it's so polarizing to see the, the, the men's national team and the women's national team playing right now. And, like, you see this contrast of, like, also, you could see what the men could potentially be. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just very frustrating. Um, for now, I just want them to do well uh, on Sunday, and we'll see how it goes from there. For both but, teams, yeah. But it's all good to be like it's all good to be on their side and to be like you know to be uh, you know bring home the World Cup. Bring home the World Cup, of course. Bring yeah. it home, of course. Bring it home. But now let's <laughs> talk, have real conversations with American soccer as a whole. Yeah. With uh, M- potentially MLS. You know, and put money and, and infrastructure into the women's game mm-hmm. properly, like really on a very real level. Yeah. You see it on some levels what can happen in Portland. The Thorns are well represented. Shouts out to Portland. For I think that's the archetype is that you have both teams almost under, pretty much almost under the same umbrella while still being separate entities. Yeah. And then having the good support. Yeah. And it'd be cool to see something like that happen with more MLS teams where they have a, a literal sister team that. Share some of the spotlight. And, I agree. And, and it's same, also same stadiums, same, same supporters, stadium, whatever. S- same, you know, youth youth camps and everything. Yeah. Drew almost knocked over the mic. <laughs> I was trying to scratch my back right now. Um, cool. Well, let's wrap this up. We've been on the mic for a bit. Yeah. Let's. Uh, we'll finish up with our recommendations. Uh, 
U.S. versus Netherlands Women's World Cup final. Who, who you got? Oh, the U.S. That's theirs to lose. I'm going to say 3-0. Three 3-0? No. Three no? Yeah. I might be more than that, I feel you like. You think so? Yeah, I think they might Whoa. spank them. Okay. Uh, Brazil, Peru. Brazil, Peru. Oh, Brazil, like probably like 3-1 or something. I'm going to go Peru on penalties. Peru on penalties? <laughs> that, that would be that would be epic. <laughs> and, there, last... and the Brazilians would be like, oh, God, I thought we got this. Last, Mexico, U.S. Mexico's probably going to win that. <laughs> I think you're right. I don't want you to be right. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, don't, I, I don't want to be right either, yeah. but I think Mexico might 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 get the upper hand on I that. I think it's going to be 2-0. 2-0 Mexico? Yeah. I hate to say that. Sorry, but it's the truth. Anyway. This is a team in transition. Anyway, anyway, anyway. It was a good one. Thank you for joining us. Uh, we had a very good time. Crushed some beers. I got a piece so bad. All right. Uh, we'll see you guys in a week. Thank you. Hey, have a good one. Bye. Goodbye.